Hello, Matt comrades. DM Mike here with a quick note before we get the episode rolling. Unfortunately, we, we experienced some technical difficulties during this episode, and the audio that I had recorded, which is the usual audio that you hear, was complete garbage. Thankfully, our good friend Reed had the backup recording going, but it is not exactly up to our usual quality standards, so I appreciate you bearing with us. Hopefully next week we will be back to our usual medium-grade quality. I'm not going to joke ourselves and say that we're usually high quality, but let's go with medium. But for now, here's this week's episode. Material Components Episode 77 To War We Go Greetings and welcome to Material Components, the actual play RPG show all about intelligent items and the adventurers who love them. I am your humble dungeon master, Mike Gargoni, and joining me, as always, are my stalwart adventurers. Hey, adventurers. Thanks for joining me. You're welcome. Thanks for having us. Wahoo! Yes, I'm happy to be here. Uh, hey, kids. Um, I am Olivia, and I am playing Tears of Cloakbearer, Child of the Outer Storm. I'm Elliot, and I am playing Cherish Ironstrike, Tiefling Sorcerer. I am Michael, and I'm playing Sid Emberlight, Half-Elf Rogue. And I'm Reed, and I'll be playing Grawl, the Hobgoblin Warlock. Indeed. And before we get, begin tonight's session, I'd like to ask you all the same thing I ask every time, and that is, do you remember what happened last time? Are we talking, are we catching Lisman up, or are we... I don't know what you're talking about. What <laughs> happened to Cherish, Grawl, Sid, and Tirza? Uh, Teleport! Well, what devils? <clears throat> the adventures of the H-Team are of no relevance here. The who? Nope. Top secret information. <laughs> It's classified. <laughs> I wouldn't say top secret. I would say some middle secret. Mid- middle um, to bottom secret. Yeah, event. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like mostly classified. You can still pretty much figure out what went on. Um, But if we're not talking about that, uh, we... Again, I, I always feel like bad for if it seems like I'm railroading, but, like, we we had to go. We had to go south, because we knew that stuff was going to get way worse down there. It's not railroading if a player does it. <laughs> it's true. That's <laughs> true, actually. Then I apologize for nothing. Yeah, and if we had stayed there, some uh, some chats with a certain uh, fae being would have probably had to happen. So, you know, <laughs> yep. this is all good. This is all good. Now Clock I just taken. get a chat with another fae being. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, yeah, we we waited for um, a rescue party from Fair Aimsir, uh to come get uh, Darren Dunn. Um, and then, yeah, Cherish and Tears were like, okay, we're leaving. Bye. <laughs> and we went to Fort Birch. Yeah, thankfully you had... 
a number of companions uh, come along with you when you said, all right, bye. Uh, <laughs> it wasn't just Oh, yeah, no. Oh, yeah. Skrull <laughs> <laughs> died a long no, time I... ago. He's gone. Both Olivia and Tirza, though, feel sort of bad for being like, Sid, fuck your emotional resolution. We're going. Well, you know, that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> then, Laser, we're going south. There's a uh, long and proud tradition in this campaign of running away from your problems, and uh-huh. why stop now? Exactly. Uh-huh. exactly. It's worked I, out so well. I've avoided uh, emotional resolution for, let's see, almost ten years now, so I think <laughs> we should just keep the streak going. Yeah, what's, uh-huh. a few more, what's a few more months gonna hurt? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Nothing adverse there on the emotional well-being of Sid Emberlight, but that's fine. That's the spirit. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, leaving the... the uh, Nonetheless. The <laughs> leaving the outskirts of Fair Aemsir, after sealing the realm scar there, you found your way to Fort Verge. And at Fort Verge, you were confronted with a bleak new reality that is beset before you in the last of the larger realm scars that has apparently opened up within the mines north of the town of Emberfell. Since it opened, a steady amount of flooding has turned the area into a marshland and swamp, consuming much of the area that was once green fields with murky, somewhat poisonous water. (laughs) Good. Uh, It's all good. And once that occurred... Hordes of demons erupted from the dark depths of that mine and began to call the swamp their home, forcing the citizens of the town of Emberfell to flee north to Fort Verge. It was there that a defense was erected against the tides of demonkind. With the aid of several other threadless, including Valor and Camion, a bulwark against the demon surge has been erected here, but not without some help from strange quarters. Do you all remember what uh, unlikely allies are serving alongside the Guardian Guilds here near Fort Burge? Yeah, hey, Valor has made a deal. <laughs> with uh, some devilry. Maybe as well. Yeah. We don't know yet. You do not know, but yes, uh, young Valor, your fellow Threadless and uh, Tiefling fighter, seems to have made a deal with uh, some infernal allies that has brought a legion of Bator here to the Material Plane in order to combat the demon kind. So, mm-hmm. guess what, y'all? Blood War! <laughs> want a legion. Yeah, Blood War! <laughs> I want a legion. I want one. How come Valor gets one? Make a deal with a uh, devil of Bator. No, he's already got one of those. Look, Valor asked nicely. That's what he did. Ah, damn it! Memo. Scrawl's incapable of that. I don't know what that means. <laughs> if you just asked, I'm sure someone would have accommodated. <laughs> Uh, Memo, les assistants. S'il vous plaît. Yeah, if you just walked up to Null Nine Lives and said, hey, uh, can I yeah. please have this? Who knows? Hey, sis, let's fuck shit up. 
But yes, leastways, you had also discovered that in the midst of all of this burgeoning conflict, a imposter has appeared on the scene. A cherish of unknown origins has apparently wound their way into the uh, the confidences of your allies and has led young Valor away on some mission of of a dubious nature. But yes, you learned that uh, in the wake of this nega cherish, uh, certain. Uh, information that they possessed definitely raised some eyebrows. Their ability to mimic Cherish in a seemingly convincing manner had uh, basically everyone fooled, including some old friends. I don't know if you remember who those are. Oh, not at all. (laughs) I I was talking to Olivia. Who are they, Elliot? I was, we were talking today about, um, like, I can't even imagine what Camion thought I was gonna say, thinking that I was Negachair-ish. And then the first words out of my mouth are, sorry I slapped you, like, what's going on? So Camion, that's one of them. Um, Valor, another one, obviously. Mm -hmm. Uh, Several, uh... Guardian Guild captains who are present here yeah, seem to have been yeah. fooled. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and uh, person, one other person. One other oh. person. Oh. Huh. Uh, my good childhood friend Jet, who, upon con- confrontation, said, Oh, I knew there was an evil Cherish the whole time. <laughs> but unfortunately. <laughs> I thought she was around for way longer than she was. Because, yes, where we last left our heroes, as uh, Grawl, Sid, and Tirza are off uh, gathering supplies, getting ready to leave on a uh, caravan mission with Camion, heading towards the front. Cherish had gone off towards the camp of refugees just north of Fort Verge, where the the young <laughs> Edge Mason Jet was uh, apparently bivouacking with his comrades, and yeah, uh, was unaware of the evil Cherish in their midst. But uh, after telling him that and his realization that, well, no, evil Cherish can't be blamed for all of his emotional woes, unfortunately, uh... That is where we find ourselves now, with a, a young half-orc staring at you, Cherish, with a, a little bit of uh, consternation, I think is the right word. And he'll say, uh, what? That one was me. Um. You're the back at Blue Gulch when yeah. you... The as far as I know, that um, other cherish has only been here since like the twelfth. So that one was me. That one so was me. When I asked you not to leave without me, and you mm-hmm. and, and I like did, did that, anyway. Yeah. Yeah, that was me. <clears throat> All right. <clears throat> and well, it was good to see you, cherish. Um. 
clearly you got a lot on your plate. That's what the other one said anyway. So. And I guess that, that is... didn't stop being true. No, it didn't. What else did she say to you? I mean, there was a, there was a lot. about how she had a lot on her plate and that she wasn't going to be able to have a a normal life, how she wasn't going to allow herself happiness, how she needed to take this big burden to go off and save the valley, and that didn't that didn't leave room for for us. Okay, well, there's a couple of things. Okay. <laughs> I... And if this is going to be a repeat, I'd rather not. Do you at least... Would you at least hear me out about why back in Blue I mean, is this going to be any different than what Calkin told me? Well, I don't know exactly what she told you. Oh, what you're doing was super dangerous, and if you had to worry about me while I was trying to help you, then it would have been a distraction, and it might have gotten you hurt. Might have gotten a lot of people hurt. What I'm doing is dangerous. And I wanted you there. Because then I would at least know where you were. But that would have been selfish. And it would have been dangerous. And it would have... I would have been a huge selfish asshole for doing it. Even though I wanted to come. Yes. And I would do it again. I'm not sorry for it. Well, good. Great. So glad. I would do anything to protect you. And I would do anything to protect you, including walking into a weird hell portal. But I don't want you to do that. Well, what if I want to do it to protect you? But that's not what I want you to do to protect me. Well, can't I do what I want to do to protect you? No. I No, I don't think so. Well, why not? <laughs> I'm not laughing at character. This is just very, like, exactly how I thought this was going to go. <laughs> because... I know that I can't make you not go and do dangerous stuff, but if I do live through all of this, then I want you to also be there so that we can at least try to have 
some kind of life. I mean, even if it doesn't work out, I want both of us to be there to try. If you throw yourself on a sword for me, then what am I going to do? Your, You'll have a sword in you. What's your glowy friend that? that heal the hole? You got all sorts of no, magic. No, I mean, like, if you, throw, if you throw yourself on the sword in such a way that you die immediately. What am I supposed to do about that? Well, that's the whole me becoming an edge mason thing, so I learned not to do that. Like, not falling on swords is, like, day one here. Because a lot of them have swords, and there have been some accidents. That does make sense. It seems like a very dangerous way to use the weapons that you guys use to travel it, and stuff. It really is. I'm glad you don't have one. <laughs> I'm glad <laughs> yours is like an axe. It's much cooler, too. It's a hammer. Right. I. That's what I meant. Huh. Cherish wouldn't get that wrong. <laughs> Just, I flipped a coin in my head. <laughs> it was either hammer or axe. I couldn't remember. I just... I get worried, and then I get anxious, and then I just do stuff. You know that better than anyone. Yeah. And I... I'm sorry that I didn't explain it to you then. But I wasn't sure if I could stop you from going if I didn't just go. You probably could have. You can throw, like, fire around and stuff. I don't I'm know. I'm not going to throw fire at you. I'm... So what other... So what, what you said... What another you said... What was all that, then? I don't know. I've never met her. Oh, lords. Uh. Well, and... Some of the stuff that she was saying is true in a way, but it's not how I feel about those things. If that makes any sense. I want to say yes, but it really does. No, it really didn't. I know. Um... Well, like, her saying that, like, she doesn't think that she can have a normal life and there's this whole burden and, you know, all the stuff is dangerous and she has a lot on her plate. Those are all true. But I haven't given up on trying to have a normal life. I... I don't know if... If I will... I don't want to give up on it just yet. And I do care about you. Darn it. I... Part of me just wants to hogtie you and bring you back to Blue Gulch. Because shove oh. you in a closet and <laughs> try to... No, Listen. I know, I know. Let me just <laughs> I'm not going to throw fireballs at you, but hog time ain't going to do shit. <laughs> I escaped from a metal wizard trying to kidnap me. I think I can get through a hog tie. 
See, it's that right there. Like, how on earth am I supposed to argue my point when you say things like that? Oh, I winked. Cherish winks. <laughs> Is... The only thing I can do to help is to not be there. Do you know how frustrating that is? The other part of the conversation I want to have is... The other reason I didn't want you to go... Because there's somewhere private maybe we can talk. Look around and... It's a big open campsite, and uh, there's plenty of people around, and quite a few edge masons have been staring at this interaction. Yeah, I mean it's a good show. There's a, a a gnome with a huge greatsword planted next to her, who has like pulled out a bag of what looks like jerky and is just chewing it as she's watching. You guys should have come. <laughs> Character after my own heart. He'll say, oh, hells, yeah, come on. He'll lean down and scoop up a lantern that's sitting next to the the log he was sitting on. And the flame inside the lantern will kindle and a voice will say, hey, Cherish. Hey, Oculo, how are you doing? Pretty good. Weird that there's a second one of you. Yeah. Did you never tell him that? I didn't know. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. Considering I could sense you coming from a mile away. Uh Uh-huh. So she just pinged as me, huh? Because I know that you can see through stuff. Oh, yeah. That's troubling. Anyway. You don't know the half of it. Twin, 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 twin. And, yeah, Jet will lead you a little ways away, uh, kind of off to a, a, a copse that's nearby. You're a good distance away from the camp now, and uh, it's still, like, early afternoon, late morning. Jet's gonna sigh heavily. All right. What else? This is all going to come out anyway, and I'm honestly glad because this is like the only secret I've kept from anyone, and it's been killing me. You can tell me anything, Cherish. My father is an archdevil. Oh. I came through a portal from Bator, from the Nine Hills. When I was a baby, um, it was like a whole thing that was Sid's mom closing a realm scar and Kalkin was there and Angela was kind of just like, here's this baby. Who's Angela? Oh, that's Sid's mom. Ah, alright. Um... Okay. So, 
And I also have a bounty on my soul from two other archdevils. Um, and then another one who's the daughter of one of the ones who has a bounty out on my soul wants to meet me really bad. Um, there's just a lot of hell stuff going on and it's probably all going to come to light because the demons, it's like this whole thing called the blood war where the devils and the demons fight each other and you know, there's devils I, I, that I, I, Yeah, I, I got the basics of, mm -hmm, of some right. of that. Yeah. Um, and you hadn't told anybody any of this? Well, Ka Kalkin sort of knew, um, it kind of came up with the threadless stuff, so they know, but, um, it's something I'm trying to keep on the DL for the most part, because of the whole bounty on my soul thing, mostly. It wasn't, like, a huge problem before that, but... What about, like, Tears and Grawl and, and Sid? Yeah, they know. Hmm. And, uh... Wow, Cherish, I... I mean... Yeah, I didn't think Yikes. it'd be a, a fun conversation, for sure. But what, what are you doing here, then? Have you seen? And he'll jerk his thumb southward towards the infernal camp on the other side of Fort Verge. Um. Yeah. No. Yeah, I saw it. Um. I don't know if that's one of the ones that. I don't know if he made a deal with one of the ones that wants a has wants my soul, but I, you know. Again, why, why do they, trying to keep that on the dial. Why do they want your soul? Well, I don't... Half don't know, and half is because of closing the realm scar in Blue Gulch. Oh. An archdevil was trying to come through that one, and we stopped it and just popped his name on that list. Hmm. It's just me, though. Nobody else is involved. Or on the list, I mean, I suppose. And they just want your soul. Like, they're trying to ki kill you and, like, take your soul or something? What? I'm not 100% sure how the process works. Um, I suppose the poster says dead or alive. They just uh, leave the soul intact. Um, I, I, I barely know what any of that means, Cherish. I'm sorry. Okay. I, I... What what can I do to help? Just keep doing what you're doing. I I'm not going to be able to stop you from fighting. And I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to make you feel like you're useless. I've never wanted that. I just want you to be careful. We ain't a careful place, Cherish. 
I'm I'm doing all this to try to keep up with you, but the harder I work, it just seems like the farther away you get. Now all this hell stuff? Keep up with me? What are you talking about? Objective leveling system. Okay. There's no objectivity when it comes to Jet. It's my blind spot. He doesn't know that. There was that year you and you and Kalkin got kidnapped. And I know you don't. You said you burned your way out of there and kind of was all nonchalant about it, but I mean, you burned a bunch of people who had kidnapped you and you were able to just do that because you're magic. Well, yeah, and I I guess and the nonchalance is more of a a, um, a closed off response to trauma, um, but that's neither here nor there. Um, what I'm saying is you were doing that while I was pulling stumps for the Edensons. So? It sucked. So, I rather I would have rather been home doing summer homework. I mean, I never had summer homework. I don't actually know if that's a real thing. And then you kept getting grabbed by the Skane Witch, and every time you kept coming back with... Well, I was only getting half the stories from Kalkin, but I know it was a bad time, but every time you made it through... And then the gosh dang old mage calls you up to the tower and what makes y'all heroes meanwhile i'm breaking rocks with a big hammer i mean she didn't make us heroes like the things that you the things that you do make you a hero doing the right thing and all that jet Do you think Talk you're enough? I just think you outgrew Blue Gulch way faster than I did, and I'm just trying to catch up. I mean, it's kind of funny. Um, when we finally, finally went back, I was so excited because I... I thought nothing would have changed. And I was really looking forward to that, actually. I miss home so much. I missed it every year. I miss it now. I All I want to do is go back. But I can't. Not until. Until this is over. If it's ever over. I can't. I know what's happening in the world. I can't just sit at home and ignore it. You know I can't do that. It's not just the world, is it? You're talking about. Big bad devils and hells and holes in the world that leads to other places. It's bigger than all of that now. 
So when's it ever going to be over? He'll walk forward and he'll like lean down a little bit so that he's the same height as you and he will like reach out a hand for you to grab. Take it. He'll say. But I'll follow you to all those places. I know you would. I don't mind grabbing somebody's coattails if they're yours. I just... I want you fighting with me, not for me. That's all I want. If I'm gonna go down, there's no one I'd rather go down with. And I feel the same way, but at the same time, Just, I'm a big fish in a small pond, and that pond just keeps getting bigger, I think. Whereas you're swimming in the ocean. I just don't know. You know, I don't understand fishing metaphors, Chet. You're dealing with, like, arch devils and stuff. I think I could probably hit a dire wolf and be okay. And, and that's part of why, the other part, right, of why I didn't want you to go. There was so many devils down south. But I also, but I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to lose you to death, or my own ego. <laughs> I don't know if death could even stop your ego, Cherish. Yeah, probably not. And cherish in your mind, you hear a very, very, very faint. <laughs> yeah, this bitch knows. <laughs> I don't say that out loud. <laughs> Chet will look you in the eye seriously and say, I'll do whatever it takes to make sure you get through this. If that means staying behind, then... 
but you got to promise me something. Okay. You got to promise me you're going to make it through this. I promise. Okay. And for what it's worth, she puts a hand on his cheek, kind of, like, uh, hesitantly. You've always been more than enough. I'll give him a kiss on his other cheek. Oh. You don't have to prove anything to me. Could have told me that before I joined you, Edge Masons. Well, I, I was, I was busy. I'm sorry. I thought everything was great. It's really hard, you know, like hitting monsters and stuff. It's no, I know. It's, I mean, man, you should have seen me the first couple, like, years of all. Well, really, up until about six months ago, um, I was trying to hit stuff. Me, me. She gestures to herself. <laughs> I got magic. What am I doing trying to whack stuff? And yeah, um, there is a, a quiet moment of acceptance as he holds your hand and nods and embraces you if you'll have him. And there's a little tiefling inside of a big half-orc hug. <laughs> like a dumpling. Like a dumpling. A cherished dumpling. <laughs> what are the rest of you doing while this conversation is going on? Cherish has been gone for maybe an hour. God, I wish the answer was watching from behind a, <laughs> like around the corner. Um, but no, I have things to do. Uh... I really, if we're gonna, I really gotta summon, summon my gal. So I will do. Is there any place to to be, um, like private here? I mean, or do depends I have to just summon this reindeer is. on the street? If you mean I'm within in the in the fort. I mean, there's the Riftkeeper Sanctum. Yeah. But other than that, no. Fort Verge itself is choked with refugees, so it is the opposite of yeah, private. Yeah, that's kind of what I... Do that's it. Kind of what I Perform figured. a miracle. So, yeah. I, I guess I just... do a ten-minute uh, cattle call song that brings my <laughs> celestial reindeer to me. Carry in the middle of the street. <laughs> yeah. The rest of us are just looking at at tears, like, really here. Oh, oh, okay. you, you, uh, I should I should link the the song that I have in mind because it's actually uh quite quite pretty, but it is ten minutes long. <laughs> Excellent, because um, that's wow. how long that ritual takes. <laughs> and obviously, you can do this. Not in the middle of the street, uh, if you so choose. But if you want to just literally do it in the middle of the street, you can. 
do some busking while you're. No, if I coming. can't make us some money. I was gonna say if I'm. <laughs> Not trying to make us any money. But Come on. Yeah, I'll just do it wherever. As you are performing this out on a a street corner, again the whole town of Fort Verge is choked with people. Uh, there are people just sitting, literally, with their backs to buildings, with nowhere else to go. And as you begin this ritual chant, people will glance up from their depression, from their uh, just trying to survive daily life, and stare at your melodic chanting. And you will definitely draw the attention of a few other Jarashir. As I said before, there are quite a few of them here in the fort. Uh, it seems as though most of the population of Kathbari has come down to Fort Verge. On top of that, emissaries from all the other Baris have made their way here. There is... You definitely got word that all of the other auger bearers are here somewhere. Uh, but you get the idea that the vast majority of the Jarashir who came down here are at the forward war camp that they've set up. Including the auger bearers and the vast majority of the scaled council, is what you were told. Yes. And it, it does seem like most of the Jarashir that are still here are, uh, are these missionaries? Or, or does it seem like there's a lot of Jarashir refugees here, too? Like uh, a lot of Kathbari. Like, anyone who's not a warrior is stayed behind to help with the other refugees. Cool. And proselytize. Okay. So, the there are a few who actually join in with your chanting. And there are a couple of others who maybe don't know the song that you're singing, but will uh, take a knee and kind of a, a form of supplication with their backs to you, just kind of warding the rest of the crowd away. And in their, their sandy-colored robes with, like, purple and green highlights, they are... Uh, it's clearly a religious rite that's happening here in the middle of Fort Verge. And it's drawing yeah. more than a little attention. And all the more so when this celestial reindeer just coalesces out of starlight. And you're not quite sure if it's the fact that other people joined you or if something has changed. But Carrie just seems more solid than she was before. There's there's less room between the, between the dappling of stars. It's It's more of a cohesive creature made of solid starlight. Oh. Um. Yeah, I'll of course uh, like greet her as she comes down and like pet her little snoot. Um, and then I will go to like each and every Jarashir who joined in or who knelt and I will like have I don't I don't know if it's like a oh I will talk to them like I'll have a full conversation but I'll like have a little moment with all of them. They will because... all echo the refrain of "Bless you, Augerbear. And at least one of them, who seems to be a native from Dakbari, will look wide-eyed at this reindeer, and you see just like tears forming on their face. 
I miss Dr. E too. That's what I'll say to that one. And they will say, and you bring the home to here in the end, Augerbearer. It is our duty to bring many things, and one of them is comfort. Of course, Augerbear. As these are the end times, so it is. Praise the, praise the gods in triplicate that it is so. Praise the gods in triplicate. May Azi Dahaka's descent be swift. Um, I'll let that one linger a little bit. <clears throat> um, yeah, excellent. Uh, I think, like, unlike the the previous day of just having people come up to her and be like, oh, "Bless you, Auger Bear." I think this feels more like. Previous day, that was this morning. This feels more like being home. Oh, God. <laughs> it's, hey, it's been a long <laughs> couple months. True. Um, uh, but yeah, this this feels more like, yeah, this is what it's supposed to be. Okay. Uh, yeah, and as you're out on the street, you get more and more members of the Jarashir appearing and word is quickly spreading that the 12th Augur Bearer has appeared. Many of them are asking you in roundabout ways, but some in not so roundabout ways. Just like, so, when's this kicking off? Now's the time, clearly. <laughs> um... <laughs> Hours, days, what are we thinking? Oh, uh, no. Uh, uh, I think that Tirza is like pretty. Um, yeah, I think she's just like, I didn't know that I was the 12th here, and I don't know, and. Sorry. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. I gotta go join it, the other auger bears first. It's a lot of people going, ah. The final Augerbear has arrived. Surely the time of the breaking of the Stormwall is near, yes, Cloakbearer? Oh, okay then. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just giant shrug. Um, yeah. I think she's pretty, pretty obvious about, like, hey, it is for, you guys it is for first, Shamaran so to know you these things. Know more yeah, than of me. course. We should yeah. not presume to <laughs> understand the timetable of the gods in triplicate. <laughs> yeah. Let's just let Elliot keep talking while they're muted. I find it entertaining. Son of a bitch. <laughs> I, was, I said, well, everyone stopped talking too, so I thought that I was watching you. Just watching your gums flap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> or you could say something vaguely professional like, 
I must confer with the scaled council and the other members of the augurs. Like, I, I like the shrug. It's more on no. brand for us. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. I'm just saying if you want to, like, that's update. more on. Update the brand. Yeah. Um, yeah, but that's also, like, very dishonest because I don't know any of what's going on. This is true. The shrug is very honest. So yeah, uh, you would all know that Camion said the supply caravan is leaving out the southern gate of Fort Verge at noon. So if there's any last minute things you want to do here, uh, now is the time. What time uh, is it right I, now, I did you say? I'd like to go to, if there's a quartermaster, I'd like to get some stuff. There is a extra-dimensional quartermaster we could visit. True. I'm not gonna buy sacks from Omatep. He'll be so mad at me if I do that. Uh, there is no quartermaster per se here in the city. There are people who are uh, seeing to supplying refugees. Uh, mostly they consist of envoys from Zonat Zero. There are... If I could get some... What was that? Uh, oh, I was just going to say, if I could get some supplies from them, I literally just need... Let's see. Um... Eight, nine... Eighteen five-pound sacks and... Fifteen four four gallon uh, containers. Don't worry about it. Okay. Um, yeah, those could be requisitioned. What you're asking for, though, is more like general supplies. Uh, so you could probably find a shop in town uh, that would have normally uh, been giving things to farmers, but now has or selling things to farmers, but that business has sort of dried up what with all the farms being turned into swamps. Swamp farm. I will buy those things and I will look up their prices in Okay. Uh, something. Big, I'll look up those prices. Big question is where are you keeping all of those things? Well, I have a celestial reindeer that I can load things on to. Okay, okay, okay. Well, fair enough. And also, as soon as as soon as Cherish is done with her her thing, I will go put them in the bag of holding, probably. Okay. Anybody else have any how, last minute things? How many? Um, oh, am I not muted? Um, how many days walk was it? To get to the for the the war front, essentially where the the front lines are, it is going to be about five or six days, depending on the pace you set. Camion had said that they were probably going to try to pick up the pace, so hopefully get there a little bit quicker. Five six days, and then so we should probably have at least supplies, uh, like uh, rations and and that kind of stuff. Um, I'm sure there's somewhere we can pick up that that kind of stuff. Yeah, the same. 
Uh, rations can be very easily come by, especially if you we- talk to the representatives of Zonot Zero. But you also have still a bunch of spare rations rations. from... Yeah. Oh yeah, I guess we we stocked up because we were planning on a trip back uh, or something. Um, I guess we're good there. Um, Also, you are going to be moving with a supply caravan, so you might be able to get some stuff from them. Elliot, you're muted again. Well, if everyone would stop conveniently stop talking when I'm saying things, then I would know that no one can hear me. <laughs> Get on that. Um, I'm not terribly worried about it. We still have like, we only used like three of those rations. So. Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> is there any word as to like how deep these swamps get? Like, is it something that we can just fall in like... Will it just impede movement, or will it be something that, like, we can possibly drown, drown in? Uh, you don't know. You'd probably have to ask somebody. Yeah, I, as, um... As a horrible little imp said a few days ago, you can drown in six inches of water. So. Well, yes. He was uh, horrible in all the right ways. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you know there's plenty of bark watch around that you could ask after. Yeah, I'll 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 try to find uh one of the bark watch. I'll I'll ask around with them, I guess. Uh specifically, you would be able to identify quite a few bark watch members within the Riftkeeper sanctum who are also Riftkeepers. Right. Um Yeah, so I'll, I'll hit them up about um just sort of the landscape we're going to be traversing through and uh, um, Arbadon would be more than happy to introduce you to some of the other Barkwatch members here oh, uh, yeah. he'll introduce you to a, a large bear folk uh, that goes by the name of Yogra Yog cool Good name. pleasure to meet you same I Arbadon here was telling much about uh, what you were trying to do here. The old mage has said a great many things about the Threadless. It will be good to see you all in action. Valor and Camion have already done much here. I can see that. Um, I, yeah, I, I've, I want to, we're, we're going to be heading out soon with a caravan. I want to get a good idea of what we're going to be walking through. Um, but I also, uh, speaking of Camion, or speaking of Valor, I I couldn't help but notice that people are just kind of waiting around, it seems like. Uh, there hasn't really been a centralized movement. Um, Here, sure. Yeah. All of the action is up at the front. This is the rear. This is where people come to rest and recuperate before being rotated back up there. Gotcha. Um, and we are, and Mike, just we're, where we're going is the front. Is that correct? Yes. Okay, okay, okay. Great. I understand. Uh, all right. Uh, well, um, 
have you have you been out uh, south yourself? Several times. Several times. Um, how deep do these swamps get? These marshes. Deep in some places. The tops of hills tend to be the dry areas, but there are sinkholes out there that will swallow a man. The so that how many caravans are making their way south? Uh, how often does this happen? Every three days, usually there is a caravan moving to and from. Is there a designated path that these caravans take, or is it kind of just hope for the it's best? We follow the road to Amberfell. That is mostly dry. Okay. Beyond the front, it starts getting a little bit more dicey, but at least between the Fourth Verge and the the fortifications that our allies have erected, um, it is mostly straight going. Gotcha. If you happen to stray off the road, though, things can get pretty dangerous. You don't get into the real dicey territory, though, until you're beyond the fortifications. Beyond that point, the landscape is unnatural. Yeah, it always is. Um, and the allies that Valor made, uh, are there mm-hmm. more of them down south? Um, the ones you saw out in front of the fort, those are just the rear guard. They're just the rear guard, okay. The bulk of their forces are down there. Do they communicate with any of the rest of us, or do we just kind of let them do their thing? Most of the other guardian guilds have set up camp between the two um, allied reinforcements, between Valor's friends and the, the cultists that are aiding us. Sid's brain goes immediately to the cult of Dahaka, and it's like, oh wait, no. Jarish here. Gotcha. <laughs> the other the other snake cult. Yeah. Right. There's, there's so many. Um, <laughs> Though their okay. camp is not nearly as large as the infernal fortifications. Uh, I'm just gonna pull up this map here. Is there, uh, is there a map of the area that I can bring with with us? Any maps you need will be held by uh, the commander down at the forward station of the the bark watch. Perfect. Um, can I? Can you uh, direct me to where that where that might be? So what you're told is apparently the Guardian Guilds have kind of set up in the breach between the Infernal Fortifications and the Jarashir War Camp. They sort of bridge the gap between those two forces. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I see that. So they're they are controlling the road, essentially. Gotcha. And you are told to try to find somebody named Hexia Cobseed who is apparently the commander of the Bark Watch. Like, the actual head of the Bark Watch is here, and she is down there. Yeah. Uh, what do I look for? 
look for the angriest little halfling woman. She is hard to miss. Okay. Sounds great. Uh, right. uh, yeah, you'd also be informed that apparently the lock wardens are in presence down there because the water does get so deep in some places that their expertise mm-hmm. are needed. And there are, there's been pontoon fighting down there where they've set up like bridge bulwarks across some of these deeper seams of swampland. Gotcha. And if you want, uh, help doing that, you want to track down the commander of the Lock Wardens, who is also down there. And what is their name? Uh, her name is Bilakwa Morn. Bilakwa? Bilakwa. B-I-L-A-Q-U-A. She Great. is a, a, a triton with bright yellow and blue scales. And I don't know if you've ever actually met a Triton before. I don't think so. I'm sure I've heard of them, though. Yeah, they don't tend to live in the city, or if they do, they live in some of the underwater bits of Stormhaven. Mostly they stick to Lake Quelio. Great. Well, you have been tremendously helpful. Um, this information will be... Uh, uh, very important to me and uh, the rest of the Threadless. Thank you so much. It is my pleasure. Um, and I let Arbadon know that we're going to be heading out at noon. Oh, sweet! Finally! <laughs> Time to bust some demons, yeah? Well, hopefully not, but we'll see. Boo! Boo <laughs> to what you just said! <laughs> okay, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's gonna happen. <laughs> it's gonna happen, but hopefully not all at once. You know what I mean? Like we gotta pace ourselves. Eh. I'm just saying. Like we went that whole time out by Ferrames here. I didn't get to hit a single thing except yeah. for that Terrasque, and it really didn't do anything. Somehow, I get the distinct feeling that this time is gonna be a little different. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> um, so we're bringing we're bringing Arbidon. We who else came with us through the portal? Arbidon, Arbidon and Judah. Judah. Okay, great. So I'll I'll uh, find Judah and let him know that we are going to be heading out at noon. If he doesn't uh, already know. Oh yeah, he absolutely knows. And he was okay. with Judah is currently with Camion preparing the actual caravan that is leaving soon. Okay. Raw. Um, how much time do we have before we're supposed to leave? A couple of hours tops. A couple of hours. Um uh is there like a like a I don't I, a cafeteria isn't probably like the best uh way to describe it, but is there like a food line somewhere? There's the mess hall. Right. There's a mess hall in the the sanctum, but there is also a uh, a food distribution center for refugees within Fort Verge, yes. Great, that's what I'm looking for. Uh, I would like to uh, see if they need any help handing out supplies. Okay. You would be met I by... I thought you were going to say that you went to eat. 
Yep. I know nope. too. <laughs> nope. Pleasantly surprised. I'm going to be yep. so mad. <laughs> you are met by several individuals who appear to be of an aquatic persuasion. There is a water genasi, another one of those weird, tall, blue-skinned individuals that you've seen at least one of before. Uh, mm-hmm. Though you're really unsure about what they are. Eh, doesn't matter. Uh, and there are uh, a couple of humans and some stranger folk that look as though they have had aquatic creature appendages like grafted onto their body in strange ways. Uh, and they are helping to pass out food to individuals that seek it. Basically, any refugee who wants sustenance can get it from these people. Um, They have these two huge... They look like stills set up on the northern end of town. And people can come there asking for food, and they will take the two stills and pour material into bowls. Half filling it from one still, half filling it from another still. They will then mix whatever those things are in a bowl to create I mean, it looks like sludge, or porridge, or some kind of nutrient paste, but apparently it tastes like nothing, and it's very filling and nutritious. Silent. Is it worth the waiting for, till we get to 84? (laughs) All we ever get is gruel! And if you ever want seconds, Sick you're more than around. welcome to it. Um, and there's are there just two like cauldrons, or are there like multiple? Uh, the, the the stills themselves are these enormous things with multiple taps from the bottom. Okay. So you have multiple people moving to and from, filling one to half, sliding a bowl down. Somebody else, another tap, will fill it with the second half, and they'll slide it down. Somebody else will stir it, and then give that bowl to someone who wants food. Is there an open spot to help at all? Or, uh, if or no? If you ask if you can help, they will give you some looks, but then just shrug and, yeah, more yeah. hands make quicker work. Yeah. I could always, if, if, cause if there's two spots, um, I can, I can handle that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you can absolutely do that. And you definitely draw some eyes, but no more than any of these weird fish people. Great. Um, um. Yeah, I'd like to. Uh, I'd like to do that. Uh, yeah, and the the blue skinned individual who seems to be running the show here will thank you. Yeah, I'd like to also uh, cast uh, Mage Hand to be able to handle two stills at once. <laughs> uh, everyone is suitably impressed. Threadless! Spread <laughs> my legend. This can't. This cantrip that most magic users can do. Hey, Mike said they were suitably impressed. Yeah. Not my words. <laughs> they. will let you help out for about an hour or so uh, before ever even asking your name. It seems as though this isn't exactly an unusual occurrence for people to just try to help out. Cool. Uh, but eventually the the tall, slim, blue-skinned individual will say, Much obliged, friend. 
where do you come from? Uh, well, uh, we were in uh, Fair Ames here, and before that, uh, we were in a vampire wagon, um, and before that, we were in a desert, and before that, lots of places, really lots of places. I see. Yeah. Well, I... Zona Zero extends its thanks, truly. No problem. Yeah, you spend a couple of hours helping out. Cool. I'm just killing time. I don't want to read my book. <laughs> Cherish, is there anything else you wanted to accomplish with Jet? Uh, no. Wanted to have a real good, honest conversation for once. And uh, no. he, he he would let you know that he will stay behind. I mean, that's what he was doing anyway. He is will eventually admit that he is not a full fledged edge mason yet. That's not a thing that happens in three months. I mean, that's um, fair. That would be horribly <laughs> reckless of them. Even though they're so short-handed. <laughs> we could have done it. Uh, he is leading the the freshest of trainees. Basically, the people they managed to pick up on the way from Blue Gulch to here. <laughs> Whatever uh, people got uh, drunk enough and shanghaied out by the Edge Masons between Blue Gulch and Fort Verge are the folk that Jet is looking out for. There are also a few edge masons who have rotated back from the front, but it seems like uh, the a lot of them are going to be heading down there uh, with this caravan. Jet not included, though. Yeah. As you part with Jet, he will definitely... Uh, give you a, a concerned look and he'll say there's there's another you wandering around out there yeah hopefully valor's i mean i don't i don't know Valor said he was coming back, so I'm I'm assuming that he's all right. But I don't know if he's bringing her back with him. I'm not gonna lie; it crossed my mind that maybe you was leaving me for for him. Sort of, kind of. That that clearly is not what happened. Obviously, evil. I mean, I barely know Valor. Right. That's. But I, I no, I, I'm, I'm saying like, you know, with the context you have now, I, I understand right, how right, how you right. would have been, um, maybe nervous and upset about that. Yeah. She is canonically handsome and charming. Everyone, back off. He is canon. Look, in my objective rating system, he is objectively. <laughs> <laughs> Charming. Look, I don't even necessarily swing that way, but damn. Right? 
Very handsome, very nice, very charming. Barely know him. You don't have to. It's almost better just to observe from a distance. (laughs) (laughs) When you get too close, it hurts your eyes. (laughs) Staring into the sun. That's a good, that's a good, uh, okay, Matcom headcanon. Everyone is slightly in love with Valor. There we go. (laughs) Slightly. Ranges. If there's a there's a <laughs> there's yeah. a numbers range for everybody. At least slightly. It all ranges from yes to a lot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but he will say Jet will say she was she was able to even fool me, so I'm just saying, like maybe work some way out that people can tell that you're you and she's not you. If you know yeah. what I'm saying, I'm. Oh, I've been thinking about now. that. I. There's I'm not really you, sure what you the... got that she don't. Maybe I don't know. Oh man, are we gonna have to take another 45 minute pause to figure out? <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> Is it the bag of holding? Just tell me it's in the bag of holding. Is it the jar of pickled flesh? <laughs> <laughs> that was it. You had it the whole time. I knew it. <laughs> No, but uh, he will say, yeah, it was, Cherish, it was spooky. In hindsight, like, she had your staff, she had that stupid hat, like, the whole deal. Well, she had the hat. I was gonna, I was gonna say that maybe she's behind, like, she doesn't quite know everything, but she knew about Sid's dad, so I don't. Because I don't have the stupid hat anymore. Didn't somebody take the hat back? Because I don't have it anymore. I think it's just in the bag. Is it not? Oh, okay. Yeah, you did. Oh, yeah. But you Probably have the bag, don't you? Oh, that's true. I guess that's true. You're just not actively wearing it. Here. Yeah. All I'm saying is the be careful. The stupid hat is extant, okay? <laughs> I, I just don't want none of your friends killing the wrong Cherish. Yeah, me neither. That would That would be a huge bummer. Yeah. Um, I'll figure something out. Mm. <laughs> We're going on that caravan, so maybe I'll sit and have a, a talk with everyone, and we'll try to come up with some kind of code or something. Yeah, uh, code. Yeah, that'll work. Like, okay. hey, I'm the real Cherish, or something like that. Hmm. That might work. <laughs> Maybe something a little less Unbreakable. obvious. <laughs> Unbreakable. No, no, no. It's so obvious she won't see it coming. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that. Um. Anyway, take care of yourself. Take care of everyone else. I'll be back. Yeah, you will. At some point. Okay. And he will let you leave. All right. Um, on your way back, Maz has like an agitated silence about her. Like there's just this pressure in your mind of just like, she wants to say something, but she's n- not. Okay, it's just us. Spit it out. 
I'm trying to not say as many hurtful things. Okay, I appreciate that. Aww. Thank you. But, like, the pressure of you not saying a mean thing is also really distracting. So I don't know how to, I don't know where we go from there. I see. Can we just have a conversation? Can you maybe scale back the meanness of the thing you want to say? And we can just talk about it? Challenging, but I will try. Challenges are how you grow and get stronger. Yes. The boy, Jet. Your affection for him has already been twisted by those who would work against you. Mm -hmm. It is something. You can tell Maz is just struggling not to just leap to the meanest thing possible. Just be nicer. Stop manipulating people. What? Your affection for the boy is a way in which your enemies could come at you more effectively. How was that so hard? It did actually sound extremely difficult. I'm very proud of you. I did not know I was capable of physical pain, and yet here we are. Yeah. It's... A delicate balance, to be sure, but... I am better for surrounding myself with the people that I do in my life. Hmm. Caring for them might be something that puts them in harm's way, potentially, but... I can't just distance myself from humanity, I guess, for lack of a better word. Mortality. Yes. More and more. Your... Ability to turn disadvantage to advantage impresses me, Cherish. His affection, your affection, will not be a weakness if it can be turned into a strength. Use it.
That sounds a lot like use him, which I'm not a fan of. I did not say that. Is that what you meant, though? A little bit. Yeah. What I mean to say is... The emotions you feel for the boy are powerful. And they will make you more powerful in turn, I think. I agree, actually. <sighs> yes. Excellent. Good. Caring for people is a strength, not a weakness. Well, let's not go crazy. Baby steps. And eventually you all reconvene at the southern gates of Fort Verge. There you find Camion and Judah Sunpalm having arranged themselves around close to a dozen carts. There are close to a hundred people coming along with this caravan. Many of them are members of Guardian Guilds, and more than a few drovers and uh, porters who are there to herd the animals and carry supplies and unload it from carts. But for the most part, these are people who are going to a war front, and none of them look happy about it. That's not surprising. Arbidon? Yeah, Arbanon <laughs> seems shockingly chipper. Yeah. But Inappropriately the... chipper, even. <laughs> I mean, there are a couple of other people who are in a similar mood. Like, it's mostly Edge Masons that kind of share his vibe. There are a few members of the Haven Guard who are explicitly here to guard the caravan, not necessarily fight at the warfront. But the members of the Bark Watch, the Lock Wardens, the Edge Masons who are all here are all heading up to the front to fight or participate in some way. Mm-hmm. The vast majority of these numbers are just that. They're members of Guardian Guilds, but you do recognize a few of them from the Riftkeeper Sanctum below. So you are not the only people in the know about what's happening down there. Okay. Uh, as you're seeing this, this is probably the, the most members of extant Guardian Guilds that you've seen before. Even within their meeting halls that you've been to at different cities, it's never more than a couple dozen of them, but there are dozens of different members of Guardian Guilds here. Even when you were in the primary base for the Haven Guard of Stormhaven, there were probably close to 100 guards at that base at a given point in time. Uh, but the numbers you're seeing having poured down here is pretty staggering. And you get the sense that like, these organizations were almost designed in a way to slot and fit together in a way that makes a cohesive fighting force, and it definitely makes you <laughs> wonder what Zenerva's intention was in their creation to begin with. Just questions that are being raised by the the efficiency that you're witnessing here. Mm-hmm. Like, they, <laughs> all of these Guardian Guilds fit together to create a cohesive army, like, shockingly quickly. Weird. Maybe she knew that this was gonna happen. Hmm. Yeah, as you gather what supplies you have, 
you meet with your fellow Threadless, sharing nods of encouragement, knowing that you've done what you can, supplied the best you can, and are now heading into the thick of it. I think it is there that we're going to take our break, and when we come back, the first leg of your journey down to the warfront begins. Out of the frying pan and into the fire we go. Greetings, my friends. I am Omatep Duskwalker, owner and proprietor of Duskwalker Import and Export TM, here today to talk to you about a subject near and dear to my many hearts, and that is the third kind of fiend, Yugoloths. At this point, I am sure you are all very familiar with the primary kinds of fiends. Devils, you know, those uptight buttholes from the hells, and demons, those loosey-goosey buttholes from the abyss. But did you know there is a third type of fiend? It's true. They're called Yugoloths. Yugoloths do not partake in the blood war. Well, they do, but they are not the ones initiating or continuing the struggle. They simply work for whichever side allows them the best deal. Deal for what, you may ask? Well, it changes. Sometimes they get paid in souls, sometimes they get paid in gold, sometimes they get paid in esoteric knowledge that only the demons or the devils may possess. However they're getting paid, they are found all over the blood war. They just don't happen to be on one side or the other. They play both sides against the middle. <laughs> Not that I know anything about that. There are some who even say that it is the Yugoloths themselves that began the blood war, simply so they had something to do for the rest of eternity. Now, Yugoloths can be just as dangerous as any kind of demon or devil you find out there, and they come in a lot of weird and really crazy shapes. There is one type, an Arcanoloth, that can look like a very fine-looking foxwoman. A very foxy lady, you might say. I would not say that. Well, at least I would never say that to an Arcanoloth. In general, though, they tend to look a lot crazier than that sort of thing. We're talking dogs with weird funnel mouths, demon-looking dudes with one really big arm, some kind of weird boat guy. There's one of them that's a boat guy, trust me on this one. So, if you're ever looking for fiendish help, and don't want to get tangled up in the blood war by consulting with demons or devils, remember, there is a third type of fiend, and they are called Yugoloths. Anyway, let's get you back to the action. And welcome back to Material Components. When last we left our heroes, they had taken care of some last-minute goings-on in Fort Verge before gearing up, getting on to the back end of a big, long caravan, heading for the war front. And that is where we find them now, having joined their friends Judah and Camion with this big caravan of Guardian Guild members and supply caravaneers moving down towards the war front erected by the Jarashir, the Infernal Allies of Fort Verge, and the Guardian Guilds against the tides of demonkind welling up from the mines of Amberfell. Yes. Fuck them up. Uh, Mike, how long is this caravan? Like... Fully stretched out, it will probably be close to a hundred yards in length, between all the different carts and all the people marching or riding around it. Okay, damn. There are a total of 12 carts uh, that are carrying supplies for the warfront. Uh, each of those carts is being driven by at least three porters. Some of them have more, some of them 
have just the bare bones three. Each cart is also equipped with five members of the Haven Guard who are there to guard the cart itself. Around each of the caravans is a smattering of Guardian Guild members. Edge Masons are attempting to scout on ahead using their Earth Gliding powers, but as was told yesterday, and as you witness now, they only work in stuttering, hopping fits. Uh, the road here seems to be damaged in some way. You're not sure how or why, but the abilities of the Edge Masons to move at excessive speeds along the roads of the valley is diminished, if not completely untenable here. The earth to either side of the road is a peaty, boggy mess. It's not quite wading through water here, but it is damp and way more kind of peat bog than rolling plains that it should be. As you're passing out through the southern gate of Fort Verge, you are passing very close to the rear position of the infernal allies that Valor has summoned. As you were told, this is apparently their rear position. There is a, an ordered military camp set up just south of the fort itself, behind several lines of fortifications, though they're bare-bones fortifications. Spikes driven and pointed outwards behind uh, lines of trenches that were dug. The creatures you see within that camp are nothing like the devils you were exposed to before. These are hunched, armored, humanoid-ish looking creatures, though where their head should be is a gap, a negative space, and there's just a silver mask resting in that nothing. They hold spears, long halberds, and shields. They drill just outside their camps. And you can see striding between them are these tall, horned figures with bat-like wings stretching out and fluttering every once in a while, carrying these long lashes, each of them ending with nine barbed tips. Occasionally, up above, you will see flying a large creature of similar build to the commanders that you're seeing, but their horns are bigger and longer and curling around their bat-like ears. Their legs are reverse-jointed, and they carry these huge, long pitchforks. Occasionally, they'll land and be passing off information. Before you leave sight of Fort Verge, you will see... A figure that many in the caravan would mistake as angelic that flies over the air above you. Yay! They are a figure in black armor trimmed with crimson. They have a long, terrible slashing pike that they carry low and behind them. Their wings are the deepest of black and their skin is this porcelain white. And you see them descending into the camp behind you. 
And you definitely hear a couple of people muttering, like, Angel? Uh. But the more wise among them will shake their head and say, I ain't no angel. The Aranye is my favorite. More notably, you'll see quite a few, almost a line of those uh, strange two-wheeled mechanical monstrosities that Camion pointed out. Uh, he called them devil rides. Or they called them devil yeah. rides. Um, they will occasionally, like you'll hear one of them start up with a, a belching roar and... You'll see a, a combo of devils riding on one of them will tear off into the marshlands to the south. And these things move at a speed that puts even the fastest speed that any of you have written uh, to shame. Want one. Can, uh, does it look like they are not touching the ground and that's why they can move so fast? No, it looks like the ground is being absolutely demolished by the wheels of this thing. It is tearing through the landscape oh. and leaving these furrows. And now that you're seeing it, you can see that some of the defensive trenches that you, at least that's what you thought they were at first, are actually just huge grooves in the earth where these machines have torn enormous furrows into the soggy ground. God, these things are so sick. Pretty clever. Yeah. Uh, but closer, you can faintly hear the sound beneath the roar of its uh, contraption, a faint, almost inaudible humanoid scream that seems to be emanating from the machine as it tears past you. That must it, be custom. <laughs> it probably runs on souls, you know, it's fine. Yeah. 60 miles to the soul! <laughs> Is that good or bad? I don't know. It comes standard with every hell cycle or whatever. <laughs> As you're passing the infernal encampment just south of Fort Verge, there's at least one crimson-skinned horned devil with these like large bat wings that is leaning on the last fence post of an otherwise completely eradicated fence and is uh, chewing on something and like picking at their teeth with what looks like an ice pick and they're watching this caravan go past with this big huge devilish grin that you can't help but be reminded of valor in a small way because despite the infernal aspect, this creature is attractive in its own way. It's got a infernal flair to it that lends itself to a, a terrible beauty. And as you're riding by, it will say in infernal, so I think only Cherish would understand what it's saying. Fresh meat! <laughs> I don't tell them what he said. Okay. If yeah, anyone, if fair. anyone asks, I'm just gonna that's say. Good. <laughs> if anyone's like, "What did he say?" I'm just gonna say nothing important. Just being a dick. 
And you continue away. Is there uh, anything you want to accomplish as the the day begins to unfold? Uh, Camion is setting a brutal pace with this caravan. If everything goes according to plan, you should hopefully reach the forward operating position at the end of the third day, if you keep this pace, which is reckless, to say the least. And there are definitely some questioning glances of people being like, why are we, why are we doing this so quickly? Um, but Camion has had words with the Haven Guard uh, lieutenant, who is apparently technically the leader of this uh, caravan. Um, I have a I have a question for Camion. Uh, are there any fortifications on the way here? Like, will we be stopping in a a fort that's back, or does is it is the rotation three days? It's like trying to understand what are you're there asking. Any camps in between? Are there any oh. camps in between Fort Burge and the front? No, there are not. Uh, they tried that. Okay when this was all starting, but having people strung out along the road made for easier opportunities for random packs of demons to just gank people and destroy camps. So they tried to consolidate as much of their uh, defense as possible. Um, I I also do want to put all of my... um requisitioned accoutrement into the bag of holding, and at the same time, I will ask Cherish, sort of awkwardly the jet thing went. Well, this other Cherish said a bunch of really personal stuff, so we're definitely going to need to be extra careful if if Valerie is bringing her back. I'm not really sure. I want to talk to everybody about this, but I'm not sure what we're going to do to I don't know. If she gets loose or whatever, like tell her apart, because Perhaps we need some kind of code? Who are you having this discussion with? I thought it was just Tirza. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. If we're all traveling together, then... Yeah. Because as of right now, Tirza is the only one riding. Yeah, but I, I wouldn't be a dick about it. <laughs> I'd probably know. ride with everyone. Yeah, it's not it's not as though you're outpacing anyone, it's just that they're all walking and you're literally talking down oh. to them. I also just found out that you cannot ride at the back of a reindeer like you would a horse. You have to be on their shoulders or their whole body will collapse. Oh I didn't God. know that until yesterday. I mean, you could always just say magical sparkle reindeer and problem solved. Yes, that's fair, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, if it's just the two of us, here's a, we'll say something dumb, like, of course I'll be able to tell it's you. Uh, but if not, she'll probably restrain herself. 
Because she's... Yeah. Because she's embarrassing. Mm-hmm. So you press forward. Uh, I... I also wanted to talk to either Camion or, like, just some edge masons. I would like okay. to get a lowdown on any weaknesses or resistances they have been able to catalog, not catalog, but like, you know, like, what's the deal? How how do hurt things? Uh, Camion would precisely be the person to talk to about this um they would let you know that the demons they've been encountering have been varied to say the least it's rare to encounter more than one of the big ones but the little ones come in droves Mm -hmm. they will describe a strange malformed creature that Camion describes as called a dretch that are apparently innumerable down here. They are very... I mean, they're not big, but they are numerous and they tend to clump up and that causes a a stinking cloud to form around them that is just full of putrescent demon essence. And as such, they are completely unaffected by poisons of any kind. Mm -hmm. They are also much tougher than expected when it comes to using cold, fire, or lightning. In fact, every demon they've encountered down here has been practically immune to fire. Well, that doesn't surprise me. Mostly because everything we've come up against in like the last three months has been unaffected by fire, and it's really... Like, ruining my whole day. Camion would say, well, it is the most common resistance of most planar creatures. I know. The second episode in a row someone (laughs) has told Jer that. It's just like my whole thing. But, I have some new tricks up my sleeve. Uh, They will also describe... Uh, several of the more uncommon demons, apparently there are these weird goat things with big, long, lashing, spiny tails that are particularly nasty. Uh, again, tough against cold, fire, and lightning. And a lot of the bigger ones, they will say, are also can't be hurt except for by magical weapons. But it sounds like everything can be melted. I mean, I guess when you say it like that, it sounds really, really creepy, though. You know that, right? It does? Yeah. Well, I just... I mean, will nod in the background. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's what acid does, is it melts stuff. If it was lightning, I would say, it sounds like they can all be electrocuted, though. Is that also creepy? Strangely, No. something about the melting that was especially off-putting. Okay. But yes, that, is that better? A bit more clinical, I suppose. Excellent. Just want to know how I can help. 
<laughs> yeah, apparently, yeah, you find out that most of the demons they've encountered are effectively immune to most poisons and are resistant, if not immune, to most cold, fire, and lightning-based attacks. Perfect. Um, and yeah, they would also let you know that uh, taking off into the air isn't a particularly good idea most of the time, unless you can do so in force. Yeah. There are particularly nasty, they look like massive carrion creatures of some kind that are up in the air, as well as those strange moonlight demons that they described as well that can be practically invisible until they're on top of you yeah probably good to stay on the ground and like i said unless you do so in force because there aren't they don't tend to swarm but they're always up there Mm -hmm. okay uh, they'd also warn you that uh, occasionally they run into these things that look like massive mosquitoes that are the size of horses. Ugh. It's horrible. Yes. They tend to stay behind the fortifications in the deeper parts of the swamp, but just as a warning, they are particularly deadly. Don't let them get there. They've got these big, spiny things coming out of their faces. Don't let them stick you with them. Yeah, I'll do my best. Okay. So, as you're... uh, Just as a... a, Maybe a bit of a metagamey question. Cherish, are you going to bring up the... uh, This... uh, The thing that Jet said to... The rest of us besides Tirza, or... Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, okay. It's just that, like, you know, she sort of brought it up, so... Right. I want to at least give her somewhat of an answer before. Uh, yeah, okay. We do... We need We need something, because we cannot... We cannot, and I cannot emphasize this enough, just assume we're gonna know which one is the real Cherish. Passphrase. Is conversation happening as you're marching? I mean, I assume so. I mean, do we want to... I mean, are we going to have a better time to have this conversation? I don't know. That's why I'm asking. I'm just trying to set the scene. The stones of far speech, are they out loud? Well, we have to talk. Okay. Right, right, right. I just want to, you know... I'm just checking. And you hear them out loud as well. Yeah, Yeah, it's like a speaker. Just making sure. Just making sure. I mean, we could always do it when we when we camp, like mm-hmm. get Judah and Camion in on the convo too. Yeah, I'd be fine with that, as long as we have the conversation. Okay. Yeah. So you're gonna put it off until this evening, then. Sounds like our style. Yep. Moving at this breakneck pace, you find it difficult to. Uh, keep as keen of attention on the the world around you. You can't, like, stop and observe the minute details of your surroundings as you're trying to keep up this, uh, this forced march. So I need everyone to make perception checks at disadvantage. Oh, lovely. 
They both rolled under my where my phone is covering my dice tray, so this is terrifying. I rolled really well. Oh boy. Awful. I shouldn't um, even roll my second one. <laughs> oh boy. It's fine, I got this. Cool. What do we got? Four. Nice. Uh twelve. Seven. Twenty-three. Holy shit. <laughs> I rolled a I rolled a nat twenty and an eighteen. She did. Plus five. Yeah. yeah, yeah so. I rolled an eight. Yeah. <laughs> Won't happen again. I promise. Here's a, what did you get? A seventeen. Seventeen. Yeah. Seventeen. Nice. Okay. Grawl and Tirza, you are prepared. We're not prepared, but you definitely hear a cracking sound coming from somewhere just to the left of the road. And you are able to take some kind of action as you see the tree arcing up through the air and beginning to sail down towards the caravan. What do you do? Uh, Is it in front or behind or where we are? It is... Looks like it is sailing to strike the front of the caravan, which is near where you all are. Boy. Um, I will... I'll shout to get people out of the way. Like, I'll bring attention to it. Okay. I'll try to... If I'm close enough, I'll try to, like, grab somebody who's in its direct path. Okay. Um... Would using so, would using some sort of spell be enough to destroy this thing? Would or depend on the spell. I think it is a acid splash. Uh, the cantrip. Yeah. No. No. Okay. I just check it. Just check it. I, I don't know how big this tree is. It is a can large you, can you tree. Can you pass acid splash at a higher level for more damage? I mean, yeah. I mean, it I can't automatically keep, levels yeah, up as you. Yeah, know. like it, oh, it, right. it, it would be two d six. Like is 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 the thing. So yeah, like it, like that's it. Um, yeah, I don't have really a lot of stuff I could do to stop this. Yeah, I got nothing. Um, <sighs> yeah, I'll have to. Um, Tears of shouting and rushing to try to grab some people, get them out of the way. Yeah, how far away is this happening from us? It looks as though somebody threw a tree from several hundred feet away, and it is arcing towards the front of the caravan. Lovely. Terrific. That's very good. Oh, Jesus. Um, who's at the front? Y'all, Camion, Judah, Arbadon is a little bit behind you. There is a cart with several... Uh, porters and riders. The cart up here was full of food supplies and medical supplies. Of course it is. Um, okay. Uh, yeah, I am going to uh, attempt to pull people out of out of the way. Okay. So Tirza and Grawl, give me athletics checks as you attempt to grab folk and get them out of the way. 
Damn it, I wish I'd rolled better on my perception. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> uh, okay, 18. Damn it. I rolled this. Nice. Um, I rolled a 22. Nice. Okay. Uh, the two like, of you... almost the exact opposite of each other's was. <laughs> rush forward and grab some folk, basically manhandling them off of the front of this cart before the tree just smashes into the front of this cart, breaking the axle and cutting it loose from the uh, giant aurochs that was dragging this thing. The aurochs will let out a a low bellowing trumpet and uh, begin eyes madly rolling to rush in the opposite direction of the crashing sound. Other drovers and riders are attempting to get their own beasts of burden under control. There are people shouting, there are people yelling. It doesn't seem as though anyone was hurt, but the front of this cart is thoroughly smashed by a 75-foot-tall tree that was just hurled from the distance like a missile. That's how big the tree is. A 75-foot tree. Holy shit. Uh-huh. I was hoping for like a. Uh, is anything ficus. immediately happening after that? Uh, like, do we hear any other noise? Camion is pulling out their longbow and immediately dashing in the direction the tree came from. Yeah. Okay. And Arbadon is going to let a <laughs> finally and go charging after them. I mean, what are you going to do? Let's go. Yeah. Yeah, I will kick Carrie into, like, her her dash. Um, Before before I I go, I would like to use uh, Eldritch Sight, and I want to make sure nothing's trying to flank us. Glancing around, you would... Let's see. uh, Give me a perception check for it. Okay. Uh, that's a 12. But I will use Saving Face to add 5 to that. Yeah, absolutely. So, 17. Yep. You see in the near distance as your... Are you chasing after Camion, or are you sticking close to the caravan when you do this? Well, uh, so I, I'm going... I'm planning on chasing after Camion. But I want to make sure everyone's good first before we, like, 100% go, because if we need to, I can catch up. Okay. Uh, quick glance around. You don't see anything immediately obvious. Okay. Um, then I'll I'll move to catch up then. Okay. I guess with the, uh, the, El- the Eldritch Sight won't, like, go away, because I can keep it It lasts up. for a minute, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, Cherish's immediate gut reaction is that somebody should stay here and she's just gonna do that. Okay. So Sid, Tirza, you are chasing after Camion and Arbadon and Grawl will be following shortly. Tears, are you trying to outpace everybody or just keep up with them? You can clearly get ahead of everybody here on Oh <laughs> yeah. Back. I will 100% be the first, like, yeah. Okay. Uh, Tirza breaks from the pack and immediately sprints forward. And 
once you get probably close to 150 feet away, you're immediately noticing that you're kicking up little splooshes of water from the boggy landscape here. The The ground isn't submerged in water, per se, just so much as it is waterlogged. And you are passing by a, a melted, like, iron fortification of some kind that seems to be infernal in nature. Do you have anything specific you're doing, or just charging forward? Um, is there any way to tell, like, where it came from? Is there noise? Give is me noise a separate? perception check. Okay. Uh, twenty cut. Rolling so good. Uh, twenty twenty. Okay. As you are charging forward, you do hear a... And you see, in the near distance, little explosions of water being thrown up by seemingly nothing. Uh, okay, I'm going to... Uh, Probably about 40 feet out from you when you see this. Do you have an immediate reaction? Yeah, I'm gonna stop, but I'm gonna wait for everyone to catch up, and... Yeah, I don't know what that is. Okay. As you stop and pull the reins up on Carrie, and everyone else is maybe a round or two behind you, you were able to sprint out way ahead of them on a mounted. I think the only other person who would be close is Sid. And something lets out a bellowing roar. You see another explosion of water being kicked up. And then something invisible hits you and Carrie at the same time. And I need everybody to roll initiative. Tight. Oh boy. Tight. <sighs> okay. Heart of the cards, heart of the cards, heart of the cards. Nope. God damn it. Well, that's not too <laughs> okay. I shouldn't okay. have said the thing about rolling good. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same, same as these. 25 to 20? 25. Ooh. Oh, wait. Do I do I get uh, tears as bonus? No. No. Yeah, okay. 25. No. <laughs> 15 to 20? Uh, 17. Cherish all the way back at the. Yep. <laughs> cards. Okay, that boy is going there. 10 to 15. Uh, 14. Ooh. Ooh, okay. And... This is a cool dirt. To 10. What are you guys doing? What are you guys doing? Oh, is there a battle happening? <laughs> I didn't even notice. Five. Five. Nice. <laughs> Weird. Oh, no. So... Uh, I got my beer. It's fine. Tirza does mm -hmm. a 19 hit. Keeping you know in what? mind that you do not have your shield, shield out. out yet. So yeah. Yes, it does. Okay. Yep. So, yeah. Sid and Grawl, you would see this from a distance. You're probably 80 feet away. Sid, you're probably only 30 feet back when this happens. You see what you're pretty sure 
is a crimson-furred gorilla appearing suddenly, mid-barreling into oh. Tirza and Carrie. Uh, okay. A lot of mixed the emotions happening. between this you know and this is the... kind of why I wanted to be first. <laughs> the, the gorilla you'd once seen Grawl transform into is, yes, it's... Uh, fur on its body is crimson, speckled with black. It has these enormous tusks coming up from its lower jaw, and its eyes are literally on fire. He's beautiful. <laughs> I love it. And it lets out a bellowing roar as it suddenly appears as it's striking Tirza. And that is going to be for... Oh, that's not great. Only six bludgeoning damage. But then it will make two more fist attacks as its two more, like, giant uh, paws come slamming down onto Tirza and Carrie. Girl, it's got those uh, Popeye arms. <laughs> one of these attacks is for you, Tirza, and one of them is for Carrie, in fact. So you might need reindeer stats. I do need reindeer stats. Luckily, I have. Well, that is good because both of these rolls were an 18, which makes the roll 25 apiece. Oofa doofa. Oofa doofa. Very nice. So that is going to be 5 bludgeoning damage for Carrie and 9 bludgeoning damage for Tirza. Okay. Okay, that is the demon's surprise round. That will bring us to the top with Sid. Okay, so uh, I think as a bonus action, I'm going to split Stormpiercer um, and run up and try to attack this thing. Um, maybe split its attention from, from Tirza. Because um, you said I'm about 30 feet back. Yeah, and this thing is right up next to Tirza, who is mounted on Carrie and just wailing on both her and her celestial reindeer. Um, yeah, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna run up and attack. Okay. All right. Let's see how this goes. That would be uh, 24 to hit. That'll hit. Um, I don't think I'm flanking this thing. Uh -uh. Um, and I have an ally, so I'm just rolling regular damage. Not mistaken. I believe sting attack is if you have an ally adjacent to the enemy you're fighting. Oh, okay. Uh, even if you don't have advantage. That makes sense to me. Oh yes. Plus five, so that's gonna be twenty seven plus uh plus three, so that's gonna be thirty damage. Ooh, yeah, it knows you're there. Yeah, surprise, motherfucker. <laughs> <sighs> okay, that is move bonus action, so that brings us to Cherish. All right. Uh, so you see some kind of conflict happening, like, 150 feet away. Um, okay. Uh, so this Something card is... huge just tackled 
Tirza on carryback. Yeah. Um, and this card is just busted. It there's a tree through the front of it. In it, yeah. <laughs> Bummer. Bummer. Um. What you doing, Cherish? Okay, sorry. You said it's a hundred and hundred and fifty feet away. Yep, distant. Got any of those uh, fancy one sixty okay. feet spells? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I have a one twenty one, and I can run thirty. <laughs> okay, hell yeah. So, um, I am going to activate my special powers. And what powers would those be? The powers that I get to change my damage type. Ah, so you are entering your chromatic state? Yes, my entering my chromatic state. I don't have that... Oh, no, it, it is written down right there. I just said uh, it. I don't know if this has ever happened on the show before. Turn um, green. Turn green. Turn green. I don't think so. Yeah, uh, I don't think so. So if, if you could please describe to our listeners what precisely is happening here. Uh, in the same way that uh, Sid has been able to do all that cool lightning shit uh, with Stormpiercer, everyone else actually does have some uh, forge-bound powers that don't come up all that much. So, I am gonna say that when Cherish is, like, gearing up a fire attack, that there's, like, almost like a pilot light in her palm, the, the left palm, uh, the left hand palm, which is where Maz is. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think that it, like, when she activates this, like, of course, all the gemstones light up in a, uh, descending pattern. Uh, and then I think that it starts shifting between, like, a pilot light and then, like, a little tiny concentrated, uh, like, kind of snowflake uh, snowy looking thing and um, like sparks and uh, there's like a, a gas version and then you know kind of rotating through those a couple times until it lands on the one that she's decided for the moment which is acid <laughs> um, so there's this like undulating small bubble of like purple black kind of liquid-looking, non-Newtonian liquid-looking thing. Mm -hmm. uh, and then Cherish casts Scorching Ray, which I guess in this version would be Melting Ray, Acid Ray, something like that. Very good. So yeah, you are using five charges of your uh, forgebound item to activate chromatic state which mm -hmm. allows you to change the damage type of uh, fire spells that you cast to a another type uh, a small selection of well, let's just say five let's just say five probably not a number that has any significance mm -mm. nor do the damage types no <laughs> nor the name of the uh, ability yeah, of the whole thing <laughs> Uh, it's just a fun coincidence, all of it. Um, 
Okay, and it is going to last five rounds, and I can just chain the damage all willy-nilly, but I'm not gonna. We're gonna stick to acid. Okay. So, so, you need to make a few attack rolls against this demon. I do, and I'm just gonna roll all of them at once, because it doesn't look like it super matters. Please do. And my attack bonus is seven. Well, 22. 22 will hit. All right, that's the highest one. <laughs> Nothing else uh, looking good? The other ones were a three and an eight, so okay. probably not. Well, eight plus, what was your attack bonus? Seven, 15. 15 still hits? 15 hits, okay. Oh, it's a big gorilla. Okay, that's true, that's true. <laughs> Uh, okay. 2d6 fire damage per ray. So I will roll the first one. Change to acid damage. Yes. 2d6 acid damage. That is 5 acid for 1. And, ooh, hoo, hoo, 9 acid for the other one. Spicy. Very nice, very nice. Yeah, it did not like that. Uh, Sid, Tears, you would see two gleaming streaks of viscous fluid strike against this thing, and it lets out a horrible cry as you see its flesh beginning to sizzle. Yum. Yum, indeed. Uh, any bonus actions for you, Cherish? I'm pretty sure uh, entering chromatic the chromatic state. is a bonus yeah. action. I ran my distance. I did an action. Let's see. I could always use my other new power that I got. Wait, no, because I've already used a bonus action, so I wouldn't even be able to do that. Yeah, okay. Save that for later. That will bring us to the demon, who is not pleased at the tiny half-elf who just stabbed him a bunch. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) And he is going to (laughs) go the proverbial ape shit on you. That's fair. Uh, Two big fists coming down, and then that horrible, jagged, spiky maw is going to come in for a bite. All right. So these are not terrible. Um, that first I, one I though. Would like to... Action to impose disadvantage. Use your reaction to impose disadvantage. Well, okay then. I don't have my shields. I'm lying. I'm so sorry. Okay. Excellent. Good. <laughs> Mike there for a second was like, fuck. <laughs> All these, damn it. Um, well, the first one, the first fist attack is not going to hit at uh, 13. I do not believe hits. But what about a 19? 19 just hits. Okay. Ah. That's all I needed to hear. So first fist comes in for, oh, only five bludgeoning damage. And then the big toothy bites coming in, and I'm pretty sure a 21 hits. Oh, yes. Yes, 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 yes. yes. So, uh, this thing's got some killer halitosis, and it comes in for a nasty 13. 13, all right. Uh, And I will um, use my reaction to have that uncanny dodge. Okay. Uh, and after it bites you, it's going to lean back and let I... Uh, and there is some inflection happening in that roar that 
could perhaps be language, but uh, you do have no idea what it is saying. Uh, and I don't know if anyone... Grawl, what languages do you speak? Or uh, understand? I speak... Um, goblin, Common, uh, Aklo, and I can recognize Elvish. Okay. So, yeah, you know, even you do not recognize this strange language. Yeah, it's fine. Um, that will bring us to Tirza. Um, so, I've been looking this up. I'm assuming that drawing my shield is, would be much the same as drawing a second weapon in that I can't do it uh, in the same round that I'm drawing a weapon. Does that make uh, sense? Yeah, especially considering your shield is probably stowed on your back. It would probably take your whole action to bring out both the weapon and the shield. Okay. Uh, well, then I will just draw my mace and do a little little smashy smash. Mace of smiting? Yes. Okay. Uh, you staying on carryback? Uh, for now, I am, yeah. Uh, um, and you want to stay in the same position you were in before, or try to reposition a little bit? Can I can I try to like get around this thing so that I'm flanking with Sid? Absolutely, you can. Okay. So you trot carry around a little bit, get up on its side, so now Sid's behind it, and you're basically at its back as it was attacking Sid last turn. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, yeah. Just smash it with a hammer. Please do. <laughs> uh, that is a 21. Oh, yeah, that's going to hit. Um, okay. What are we looking at for damage? Six plus one, seven, seven magical bludgeoning damage. Ooh, okay. And I and would like to attack again, please. Please do. Grawl, you're on deck, by the way. Oh, yeah. <gasps> That's an at 20. Oh, dear. Yay. <laughs> It'd be weird if, yes. weird if Tears of Smited so on this one. Is... Yes. Eight... Uh, that's nine plus. Okay, let's see. Twelve plus two is fourteen. Plus one is fifteen. That's fifteen bludgeoning. Is there a baseline, or is that the total? Uh, the baseline. It, that's the total. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, baseline is nine. Okay. 15. This thing is definitely looking hurt, but it is by no means down. Cool. And that will bring us to Grawl. That's me. Okay. How far out am I? From about this? 70 feet away. 70 feet. Okay. Um, dang it. I can't get close enough to do my Hexblade's Curse. Um, that's fine. Um, I'm going to move, um, 30 feet 
in, which is my max movement. Um, and then from there, I am going to not do anything crazy. I'm going to cast Eldritch Blast on this fool. Please do. Uh, okay. That's a uh, nap one. Oh no. Oh, oh, no. So. This is, this is what happens when I go right off the bat, I get a 23. You can Eldritch Blast. Yeah. This is, this is, this is the world writing itself. Stupid green die. I'm not going to use you anymore. Put so I rolled an 85 on that percentile there. So this is definitely heading towards this crowd of people. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily specifically coming for an ally. Hi, friends. So I've got a D6 here. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say Sid is one and two. Mm-hmm. Tirza is five and six. And three and four, it's just going to whiff right past the, uh, okay. the, the demon here. Okay. Cool. That's a two. It's coming for Sid. Oh, All right. right. Okay. Two beams. Do it. Well, that was just the first beam. Oh, cool. Yeah, each of the beams has a separate attack. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, come on, baby. Uh, that's better. That's an 18. Uh, 18 to hit? Yeah, it's a hit. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that hits the demon, yeah. Cool. So now roll me damage for the demon and for Sid. Gucci. Um, what is this? I haven't done this in a while. There we go. Okay. Uh, so for Demon, it's going to be a 10. And Sid is going to be a 7. And that is halved thanks to my approach of shielding. Because it's force damage, yeah. Yep. So that would be 4. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and Sorry. this bolt strikes the demon and it will let out a cry and then go tumbling forward. Uh, Sid, I need you to give me a dexterity saving throw as this thing's falling. Yeah, I can do that. Sorry. Gosh. Sorry. 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 Take a shot in the back now. I'm gonna get this thing. Just, just making me. sure you're paying attention, Sid. Just making sure you're doing attention. great. I'm paying attention. Uh, 19. Oh, sorry, uh, 18. Yeah, you dodge and bounce backwards as this thing is falls with this horrific shuddering, collapsing. And uh, what's really horrific about it, though, is that you see its skin ripping as it's falling towards you. And, like, big tears are appearing in its body, like uh, a helium balloon that's been shredded. And as it falls, it collapses apart, and you see seven or eight humongous centipedes explode out from it and go skittering around in random directions. I'm done, Mike. No. Because demons. Yeah. No. No. I expected it okay, to be back like, to aims here. yeah, no, fuck this place. I I expected them to be like fucking like yeah, and it's 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 eight like fire kobolds all in a, a weird ape trench coat or whatever. No, it's it's worse. It's bugs. 
from a distance what you would all see after the centipedes like skitter away out of this thing. And they're big centipedes, like the size of dogs. Yeah. Is they would quickly transform, each of the centipedes would transform into bats and then fly away. Okay, so first off, when you said transform, I, I was gonna, I was thinking just like they turned into cars and drove off. <laughs> no, their carapaces split open, and out emerges these horrible multi-legged bats that then also fly away. What kind of? Welcome to the Blood War, y'all. I don't like this place at all. This is a bad place. I'll take the desert. Well, at least I can eat the rocks there. <laughs> uh, Tirza, are you okay? Yeah, I I mean... Yeah. It's really hard to hurt me. I don't know. <laughs> Just making sure. Uh, and as we walk back, uh, uh, I just say to... Uh, Brawl, there's a nice shooting text, and just keep going. Yeah, I, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. As you're all beginning to turn around, and Arbadon is coming up behind, going, "Oh, come on!" Hey, hey, not our fault. We didn't realize the giant gorilla had centipedes living in it, and had bats living inside the centipedes. It was weird onion of demons. It's like a nesting doll. Of yeah, and crazy. Camion would say. Yeah, that happens sometimes. Like, how often? Like, is this, like, a usual thing? Is this an unusual thing? I've I've seen it a few times. The big ones sometimes turn into a bunch of little ones. I don't like that at all. I need each of you to give me a charisma saving throw. <gasps> I'm good at those. Is it... Uh, it's not everybody. charming, is it? It's nope. little plus pluses. Plus two to this? What are you saying? Plus two. Plus two. Oh, no. Do I have to make one? Yes. Okay. Oh, come on. Cherish, you, you don't do get a plus like two. Why yeah. are you going to do me like that? Oh, no. That's how you do me? <laughs> oh, no. Oh. This isn't a dragon doing this, right? Nope. <laughs> okay, just checking. I'm just oh. checking. Boom. At least mine was uh, at least mine was just an Eldritch Blast. Twenty-five. Uh, Twenty-five. Uh, Twenty-two. Great job, guys. So well. Um, don't worry about my bonuses because I rolled a one. <gasps> oh no. Yeah. <gasps> Nothing like oh, good no. smack in the head uh, can't solve. I rolled a seven, so I'm also not doing too hot. <laughs> Okay. This is good. This is all very good. All part of the plan. There is a moment that you have all felt before. And Sid, you most of all remember this sensation. It comes flooding back to you in more literal ways and metaphorical ways, but you feel everything around you lurch, and suddenly there's this feeling like a hook 
has been planted in your navel and it's tugging you suddenly in a southwesterly direction as the world just stops working for a horrific heartbeat and you feel like you're drowning. Your head is suddenly underwater. There's no breath. It's just dark, murky, cold. Your body not responding. All of the world is wrapped in this slithering, wet darkness that is engulfing you and forcing itself down your mouth as you try to breathe, but you're just breathing in this dark water. Tirza, you feel everything stop working for a horrific moment. Blood not moving into your muscles, oxygen not being carried by your blood, your synapses not firing, your body suddenly, horrifically going cold for a heartbeat as the universe stops, decay begins, and death is all that awaits you in that dark, dark place. Cherish and Grawl, you feel this tugging sensation behind your navels. Something lurches, and you feel this just tugging sensation coming from the southwest. And Grawl, you felt something similar before. This has happened. This happened back in Blue Gulch. Not too long after you closed the Realm Scar of Blue Gulch, you felt this sensation, this tugging, this pulling, this disruption and it was pulling you in the same direction. Now you're just coming at it from a different angle. Hmm. And there is this pulse that happens where reality begins tearing, fretting for some of you. Camion will fall to their knees, their eyes wide, their skin suddenly this translucent white. A splash of water thrown up for where they fall. Judah, who's hung back near the carts, will clutch at one of the handles and stare but not fall in the same way that Camion does. But, yeah, you come out of this in just a heartbeat, but it is a horrifically fraying experience that passes as soon as it begins. Have I... We've all experienced this before, or was it just crawl? All of you felt this sudden shuddering disruption on the streets of Blue Gulch the day after you came back to town, after you had closed the Realm Scar in the hills to the northwest of Blue Gulch. I look around... I assume everybody's looks as terrible as I feel. It's Arbidon is looking at all of you in a confused sort of like, what what happened? What was, what's what's going on? I'll uh, help Camion up. Camion, as you grab them by the arm, you can feel them just shaking. Their whole body is just convulsing. Camion. What? What? Why? That's. That happened. I've. I've. There was something like that before. Mm hmm. 
We have two, but not for... I mean, it's about a month, I guess. Month and a half. Cameron will definitely nod. Yeah, you don't suffer any physical damage, but you feel something. Some disruption. Some pulsing. Something growing. A disturbance in the force. Perhaps. Something growing within us? Or something... Uh, I'm trying to think of the right word here, but like... Conceptually something growing. I don't know if that makes any sense. Sid, you felt like you were drowning. Yeah. Before, it felt like you had just had your head pressed just beneath the surface. Now it felt like you were had stones tied to your feet and were falling into some deep abyss. Something coming from your southwest has grown more powerful. Something is asserting more control over this swath of reality. Something no longer has any resistance pushing it back on a arcane level. You're easily able to collect yourselves and head back to the caravan. Camion is still shaking. When you come back, you find Judah is looking concerned, troubled. Very curious about what Tears just happened. Uh... Tirza has the cloak wrapped like tight around her. Like it's there's like a heavy wind blowing. Um the supplies from the one caravan can can we move them to a different one? Is there enough room? Yeah, there is. They can be redistributed. Okay. It's gonna cause some delays, because doing that takes time. But it can be done easily enough. Is... Does the tree have to be removed from the road? Yeah. And there are enough people around, though, that it's pretty easy. All of this happened within the space of less than a minute. Yeah. Is... Is the cart broken in a way that casting mending a bunch of times wouldn't do anything? Given enough time, you could probably well, put it no... back together. There's nothing to pull it anymore, though. Unless somebody grabbed oh, that's the rocks that ran off. That's true. Coming back towards you, you would see that uh, an edge mason went off after that orox and is wrangling it back before it got too far away. Oh, that's good. <laughs> it's Stephathy, the Aurochs Whisperer. It's actually, it is a familiar face riding on a, a dappled white and brown horse, uh, having lassoed this Aurochs, and is uh, pulling them back. With a, with a 
with a, an accomplished look on their face. The return. He whispers not just with horses. He truly is All the best of us. Footed creatures. <laughs> little guy just got scared. Beautiful. Oh my god. Oh. I was I was I was shaken to my core by by that previous event, but now I'm just <laughs> but like now it's fine. empowered. <laughs> you know what? Jevathy's here. I could move mm. mountains. Yeah. Gonna be, we're gonna be fine, you guys. We're all quivering and shaking, just like, did you feel that great disturbance? And he's like, no, man, I didn't feel nothing. I'm solid as a rock, baby. <laughs> I had to chase down this here Aurochs, and uh, she's a fighter, but I got her back. She just need a little TLC, if you know what I mean. Jeffathy, you are my rock. <laughs> I'm sorry, who are y'all, y'all? We're your biggest fans. We're your biggest fans. <laughs> I'm your creator, okay? I rolled well enough for you to exist. <laughs> I have a life independent of your fandom, so I'm not quite sure what's going on here. It's alright. It's alright. I we appreciate just think you really more than cool. you can. <laughs> oh. Okaladokaly. God, I love Jeffy. <sighs> alright. It's just so hard, you know, when you, you meet a celebrity, like, in person, you mm-hmm. know, and they're exactly like you imagine. Like, just mm-hmm. so nice, so down to earth. It's just... Whew. Oh my god, you guys be cool. Jeffy's here. Oh my gosh. I thought about mm-hmm. getting an autograph, but he gets—he probably gets it all the time. I, yeah, I should. it would just be weird. Yeah, yeah it just be weird. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> I rolled for it to see if that tree hit Jeffathy. I'm just saying. Oh no! He can't listen. Oh. Jeffathy is unkillable. <laughs> well, you got to have oh, one unkillable just, NPC. You just challenged the DM to kill also. an NPC. <laughs> Don't. He's my boy, okay? high enough to pull people out of the way, I would shove people in the way to get <laughs> Jeffathy out of that situation. Hell yeah. Listen, Hell you didn't yeah, let us know Jeffathy was there. <laughs> Look, there is already an unkillable oh, NBC. His name is Soth, and he is the best horse. Why we didn't keep him, I don't know, okay? he wasn't... Anyway, I- I can't get in this. I can't get into this with you again. <laughs> it haunts me. Okay, I need that horse back. Not a, not a horse. <laughs> not a horse. That's fine. It's fine. It's not a horse. It's it's so uh, it's it's so the, the 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 layman's can understand. You know, it's like yeah, it looks like a horse. Okay. Anyway, so am I fixing this cart, or are we just leaving it here? How long would it take? Well, mending is instantaneous, but, like, I it think I need all the pieces. Mending it's casts one, one action to cast. No, it doesn't. Yes, it does. I don't know where you see that. It's not on my spell card. That's because you wrote it down wrong. Well, I don't think so. <laughs> I'm being difficult tonight, remember? <laughs> you, you, It's duration is instantaneous it's casting time is yes well i did write That's, it down wrong what do you know that went. Mm-hmm. yeah i think i was copying and pasting to such a degree 
having just written up a subclass that uh, very much uses the mending cantrip in a big bad way, uh, I was very keenly aware of its casting time. Okay, so one minute. For like, what, an inch worth of... A foot. Oh, it's foot. So it would probably take you the better part of an hour to fix this back up, uh, which isn't horrible if that means you can get the cart back up and running. And feasibly I can, since... Yeah. Since, you know, the cart probably wasn't magic, it's probably good to go once I'm done. Is there anything that we could fix that doesn't require mending? Feasibly? Yeah. Yeah. Could we help? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Who has some kind of proficiency in land vehicles? (laughs) Then no, none of you can help. (laughs) There are some carters and drovers who can try to uh, give a hand. Does anybody have proficiency in land? (laughs) Yeah, there are explicitly a few people here to do that sort of thing. Um, And they can help and probably cut that time in half. I'm just a doctor. (laughs) I was going to say, like, because I was just going to try to put it back together like a puzzle. (laughs) And I think that would have worked out okay. (laughs) And that would have taken about an hour, but with the Carter's helps, you can cut that down to about 20 minutes. Okay, yeah. I think that's, that's, that's probably would be less time than unloading and loading all the other stuff. Yeah. Meanwhile, the rest of the Guardian Guilds are flaring out, creating a defensive perimeter while you're just stopped here in the middle of the road. Unfortunately, it seems like they took out the front cart on purpose to stop Mm -hmm. the rest of the caravan. And that's terrifying, considering this was just a big, smashy gorilla. And if it was smart enough to do that, that speaks volumes about these things. Why, you gotta watch out for pincer movements. Um, It's also troubling because that sounds to me like a plan <laughs> which yeah. as far as we know is not a thing demons do at least not in a broad sense yeah. definitely was not of the opinion that demons have tactics per se at least not in an overarching scheme but they can be clever at times okay you're not quite sure what if this was just dumb luck or if they were trying to accomplish something. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. But yeah, pretty quickly the cart is back up and running and everyone is very grateful for that fact because abandoning a cart would suck. Yeah. Camion try to get the same breakneck speed going or are we going to be cautious now? No, uh, if anything, Camion's going to try to speed up a little bit, because the little ones that busted out of the big one might be going to get more big ones. This is true. So getting out of here as quickly as possible is... This is a fair and good fact. Didn't think about that. And, yeah, Camion is just trying to reinforce the fact that all of the ones that are up here are individuals working on their own that have broken past the main battle lines. Like, this isn't even close to what the actual fighting is like. We need a Hobgoblin Legion. So, pressing on, you have a few hours left in the day for daylight, and uh, again, Camion has 
very strongly uh, recommended that you fort up for the night. And what that involves is basically circling the wagons on the road itself. Not yeah. trying to get off the road and have the wagons sink into the swamp, but kind of just fording up in a couple of little rings uh, on the road, each of four wagons apiece. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what position you all necessarily want to take, which uh, caravan block you want to be with, the, the forward, the middle, or the back. Which one's got the hot tub and the full bar? Uh, none of them. Damn it. That's back try. in Ferrium's here. I had to try. I had to try. You never know. Yeah, y'all got spoiled in Ferrium's here with all that high magic shit. Yeah. So much pizza. <laughs> Ain't no what's, pizza here. What's high magic? Well, for our high magic, we we have pizza. We oh, have the pizza. highest. It's the highest incredible. Bruh. Um, should we be in the front section? Camion plans on camping with the middle just so that they can get to yeah. either one quicker. Yeah, that was kind of my other thought. Is yeah. the road specifically like the path narrow, only so wide to allow a single train to go by, or can it like two pass? And should we be the road like a here square? is wide enough that you can create a, a block of four wagons kind of concentrated together. Apparently the road gets thinner the closer you get to Amberfell because the swamp has started to swallow it. But okay. at least here it's wide enough to be able to accommodate this sort of thing. Okay. I guess you have to weigh whether or not like you want them clumped up for a tighter perimeter or spread out in case of more you know flying trees. So Tighter perimeter is apparently the name of the game because they've okay. tried the wider perimeter and it leads to people getting picked off. Gotcha. Well, cool. So, yeah? Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, that, that sounds good. Middle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, middle sounds good. Okay. Um, I'll keep an eye on the front because I can use Eldritch Sight to attempt to see out. So, Grawl, you want to camp away from your companions out in the, the front block? There's another group. There's a group there, right? Yeah, there are plenty of people okay, there. Okay, yeah, I'm not going to be with any of the other threadless. That's fine. If anything, if you volunteer to do that, Judah would split off and go with you. Judah. Bro time. I think for the best if we keep the threadless at least in pairs. Fair enough. Okay, uh, there are plenty enough people here that uh, the watch order isn't by any means... You don't need to participate if you don't want to. Uh, but there are going to be multiple people on a given watch rotation. I'll take a watch, just in case. Okay. At your to. usual time? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm not going to take one. Okay. I just, my perception is just not good. And so <laughs> I, it just, if there's people that can pick up the slack, then I'm good. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, everyone who's taking a watch, give me a perception check. Sixteen plus. What is my perception? I think it's plus five. Yes. Okay. Uh, twenty-one. Nice. Twenty-eight. Holy shit! 
You see the future. Fourteen. <laughs> <laughs> Tirza, you don't see the future. No. You trip I on a rock. see the present. <laughs> so how the watches are set up here is you have a bunch of people camping on the interior block of these carts that have been circled, and the, those taking watch are kind of up on the carts themselves, looking at the surroundings, using them as makeshift fortifications. Sid, as you're taking your first round within the watch, there are plenty of other people who are up keeping the watch with you at each of the other blocks. At least in this first little chunk, you see a, a couple of bark watch slink off and begin scouting uh, during the night. They can't get eat. At a certain point, one of them will come back and you see them having a low conversation with other members of the Bark Watch, and they are pointing southward in a way and shaking their head. And you're not necessarily a part of this conversation, but they are close enough and speaking loudly enough that you're able to overhear that they have apparently discovered that there is the remains of a battlefield just south of here that appears to have broken out between the some cultist force that they're referring to. Uh, you hear at least Jarashir being said once. Uh, but for the most part, these people don't know a lot of the lingo for the Jarashir, so they refer to them as the snake people, snake cultists. Oh, that's correct. That's a correct. Doomsday yeah. folk. And apparently, they, yeah, there's some battlefield that occurred between demons and them south of your position, and it the, they are describing a landscape that has been dried out. You're not quite sure how, but apparently they found some way of extracting the moisture from that place. You're not they're not sure which side did it, but like they just left an, a cracked and barren landscape. Sweet. Um, but yeah, at a certain point near the end of your watch, you will start hearing in the far, far distance a bump, 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 and it starts rolling until it becomes this continual low growling sound, and this dim red light begins filling the sky to the southwest of you. It's this low, dark blotch of color on the horizon, but it is there, and the sound just continues. Is it is the color moving at all, or is it a, a constant? Is it staying in a constant spot? Somewhat constant. It'll occasionally bloom with a, a brighter red or an orange, but for the most part, it's just a continuous color on the horizon. And it lasts for maybe 40 minutes, and then it fades. Uh, and you said there was other people who were up on on this watch, right? Yeah. Uh, could I ask one of them, could I ask Ron and see if anyone knows what that is? And you would turn towards one of the the edge masons who is on watch and you see that it is Jephthah. Oh, well. 
you lucky dog. Straight my hair. You new here then? Yeah, just rolled in from the north. Yeah, some devil fellas lighting up the sky. They do that sometimes. Uh, discourages the the encroachment of demon kind, as they say. Now tell me something. Um, once all this is over, what are you going to do? Oh, me? I don't know. I Just going from one thing to the next, that's the life of an edge mason. I suppose it is. What did you dream of Becoming when you were younger, Jeffy. These are the these are the things that these are the thoughts that keep me up. Oh me? Well, yeah. I mean, uh, I always wanted to be a baker. Yeah. Yeah. You know, making like them little scones with the frosting on it. Maybe a little like horse drawn in like some brown frosting on it. I think that'd be nice. That would be nice. You should, uh, you should try it sometime. I did. I burned every single one of them. It was bad. Well, you know, here's the thing, Javity. We all have to start somewhere. And if you really want to be a baker, which maybe you don't anymore, but if you do, you're going to burn some scones along the way. No, I'm good with killing monsters. It's kind of my whole thing. I enjoys it now. Well, I guess that's good. Yeah. I'm also oh. real good with animals. Yeah, I didn't notice that. Hey, I have this. Can you sign this really <laughs> Just make it out to sit in, right? Girl, I can't read or write. Get, oh. Just do your best. Do your oh. best. It's still got value. Just just scribble. Just just do just do a quick scribble. No, you don't understand. I'm allergic to ink. <laughs> you poor soul. <laughs> How will you pass on this valuable, this wealth of knowledge contained in your head, Jeff? Oh, taking it with me. <laughs> I respect that. Like the kings of old, I have that shit buried with me. Jeff is the king. He'll be king under the mountains and <laughs> buried with all his horses and knowledge, only to reawaken at the valley's most needed time. <laughs> The once and future king. <laughs> God damn. He's going to rise oh. up like the ghosts and return to the king, except all those ghosts now have horses, too. <laughs> Tirza, get into your watch, sort of in the middle of the night, as per usual. You notice that Camion is awake as well, staring off into the distance. You were definitely jarred awake by a significant rattle and explosion that happens in the distance. Um, much like it did, I will ask Camion, what's what's up with that? <laughs> the devils have these 
war engines. They eject flame explosions. Some kind of magic. I don't understand it. They can hurl these balls of flame hundreds, thousands of feet. These giant eruptions of fire and smoke. It's unlike any kind of siege craft I've ever seen. But they've been helpful, it seems. I mean, it seems like the Abyss would be further along without them. Yes. I mean, that's the kicker with all of this, isn't it? Nobody likes the fact that they're here, but without them, we would have already lost. I just can't help but wonder what the real goal is. I don't know. Valor seemed to think that once we'd closed the portal, they would just leave. I know the audio listeners can't see the skeptical face that I'm making right now, but Tirza is also making it. Camion would nod and say, I know, I know. How did has has he been in contact with the hells? I, I I mean I'm just I'm so confused as to how this all came about. I I don't. A month ago, I would have said it's not my place to say, but now I'm not so sure. Valor has had dealings with Corellan, forgive me, Archdevils. It's been that way for a while now. I found out a little over a month ago. He confided in me. I'm definitely breaking his trust right now, but I There are creatures that have they have twisted and changed his mother to hear him tell it. She is a prisoner of theirs, apparently. Um. It gives him some connection to them. Some means of communication I don't fully understand. Uh. It. 
God, I wish I knew more about all this. I... All I've known my whole life is that devils are bad and should be destroyed, and now... <sighs> Same page, you and me. Yeah, yeah. I'm very worried that... I know that by necessity or nature that both Cherish and Valor are tied to all this, but I really don't like it. I have been meaning to I ask. I just wish I could help. Yes. But about Cherish, how closely is she tied to all of this? I mean, if we're just betraying our trans friend's trust, why not? Hey, did I? <laughs> yeah, what about Cherish? Um... <clears throat> She's in danger here. I don't... I... I yes. Huh. No, exactly. But... I... There are... There are people looking for her. Powerful, people. um... People. I see. Yeah. I, I don't mean to put you in an awkward position, Tirza. It's just... I do not believe Cherish has forgiven me for what happened during the Maker Festival. Nor do I think I forgive any sort of... Or... I don't think I forgive myself, either. If not for my I actions, perhaps the skein which may have just let us all go once it was over. Maybe. Or maybe she would have killed us all. All, or maybe we would have been flung to the far reaches of you know whatever that's the problem is that we just we don't know and it, it I don't know if you can be blamed for doing what you thought was the best course of action. I, I mean, you can be, obviously, uh, <laughs> but I don't know if it's deserved. 
Time will tell, I suppose. Excuse me a moment. And they will pause and stare up at the sky and then almost not really looking at where they're pointing, they're going to draw their bow and point it kind of up and back a ways, and then loose an arrow while still staring kind of forward into the middle distance, and you will hear a shriek and a cry from somewhere out in the darkness. Legolas. They rolled a natural 20 on their perception check. God damn. Fuck yeah. And they'll say, sorry about that. Where were we? (laughs) I love Cammy. They're so fucking cool. Their skin yeah. went from like the deep green of spring to just like brilliant gold for half a second and then back to a demure earthy green of spring. Pierce is just like What? Uh uh Um I God, I don't even remember. <laughs> uh, Probably the best. Right. Need to keep alert. Being, being, yeah. Unless there's anything else uh, you wanted to ask of them, your watch will pass. I was gonna say, I think Tears of like tries really hard to focus for the rest of the <laughs> night so that she can. Okay. The watch passes on, and eventually it presses towards morning, and Grawl, you're part of the the last watch rotation. Mm Mm-hmm. Judah is awake with you, and is staring out at the the storm lights as they're beginning to creep out from the storm wall. Those weird, effervescent lights that, as you look to the southwest, you can tell the light's not playing down there. Something about the sky down there is stopping the stormlights from playing across the horizon. Hmm. That's spooky. Indeed. Um. Grawl, I... I've been meaning to talk to you since... Well, since Fair Aim's here. Okay, shoot. It's about when we went to the archive. Mm, yeah. Not so great, huh? I... I succumbed to weakness in that place. I, I'm, I mean, I, I don't think you said that far. You didn't make a deal with anyone, did you? There was someone... Was that an option? Or is there someone there? I didn't think there was anyone in that place. I I, I mean, yeah. just making sure you didn't make a deal with anyone. I mean, like that. That's how you become a warlock. Is that how you got your powers? Yeah, totally. Sucks. You deal with something in that place? Yeah. Otherwise, I'd still be in a desert eating rocks. Not a great place. No, I assume not. Yeah. Um, but no, I did not... I did not 
make any sort of deals, except for perhaps breaking some with myself. I... I learned things in that place, things that I didn't think were possible to learn anymore. Are you okay? I think so. Because I read some things that really messed with my mind one time. Yes. Things I, I shouldn't have read. I do not know about shouldn't. Okay. All Perhaps right. I was hasty in my want of knowledge. I learned things about the origin of my people that confirmed some of my fears, but it is important that I do not let those fears control me. Tears are reminded me of that. She's good for that. Yes, she is a good friend. But I you know what that place is. The temptation that it that it provides. Oh, oh boy, do I know. Do I know. I have a friend. Well, I wouldn't call him a friend. Uh, who knows all about all the temptation. And boy, does he want in. That Finebrook person you spoke of. Yes. Yes. Seemed like a bit of an asshole. Grawl's taken aback, just by like, like, like for like a second, just like, just like, oh, yeah, yeah, yes, yes, you understand, perfect. Well, I mean, obviously I'm only getting your side of the story. It's the only one that matters at this point. Slightly colored in a negative opinion. Um, I have my reasons, he made me bleed from my face, it's okay. Yes, yes, that is what I don't think there's a good side to that story. In the place where I was raised, it was important to understand where everyone was coming from before you made any decisions. Mm -hmm. If this fine book person wants into that archive so desperately, I think we know everything we need to about him. Yep. A lust for that place, I do not think, can lead to good. Could not agree with you more. That being said, would you allow me to return there? For what, specifically? Learning a great many things. There are questions that I still have. Answers that would be found there. If you found them... Would it change anything, or 
would it simply you just having the answers make you feel better? I do not know. Perhaps a little bit of both? What if I looked for it? Uh, um, you know, forget I asked. I only ask because it's a lot easier for me to find things. It's fine. I... It is probably for the best. Some things are not meant to be known. I... I... I think that's okay. Yes. Yes. If I find anything, I will let you know. I appreciate it. I... This... This was a moment of weakness. I apologize. No, you asked a question. I think I begin to see how that place can be such a temptation. That is all. Yes. Your ability to not be taken in by that trap is admirable. I think it has ramifications in other forms. I mean, I didn't used to have the bug arm, and I've spent months being able to go into that place. I, I, I think that is the result. Well, but you're not letting it consume you the way it has this fine book character. Well, I don't think I'm smart enough to let it consume me, really. Take what you can get, I suppose. Yes. Thank you again. Anytime. giving all of us the opportunity to go there, by the way. Yeah, as much as uh, I think it's a bad idea. Honestly, I'm just shocked that was the first time Cherish had been there. I, I, it, it was, but it wasn't. They goofed pretty bad when they tried to catch me in the middle of a nap. Yeah. Ah. I came out just fine and had to go back in. It was a whole hassle. It really fought spiders and things. <laughs> yeah, it was children. Oh my god. As you are winding down this conversation and as dawn is swiftly approaching, you ever so gently feel the, the tugging sensation behind your navel. Something pulling to the southwest. Judo will immediately stop and stare at you, exchanging a look as though you both know what's happening. Mm. Okay. What is that? 
I either it's the portal and it's doing whatever it is or it's something else I don't know and why does it only affect us the threadless I could not tell you Or, hmm. I was going to ask if all the Threadless were down here, but Talila is still up in Stormhaven, so... Hmm. Last you saw her, admittedly, that was... Yeah, that was a while ago. Almost two weeks ago. Yeah. There's so many bones down here, so many bones. <laughs> Think of George. Think of George. I, Demon bones. I did, I did also... Gently try to push her to come down to be with Fowler and Cambion, but I don't know if she listened to me. Good question. As you come to the morning and everyone is coming to you, uh, a quick head count reveals that three people have gone missing in the night. People who were on watch at the outskirts just vanished. No word, no cry, no nothing. There is a grim set to the faces of people who begin to learn this truth come the morning, and you are beginning to realize that this was perhaps expected. There is an attrition rate to moving down through this area. There is a cost to this war that has been plaguing the people of Fort Verge and of the the southern reaches of the valley for some time now. It's those grim looks that greet you as you awaken. Second day of your journey is perhaps going to become more fraught as you move. As you begin trekking, the sky above you begins to change in an unsettling way. Camion warns you that this is going to happen, but regardless of their words, when you see it happen, it becomes more and more upsetting. As the blue skies of spring give way to rips, tears, almost claw marks of black and purple, of twisting, horrid shimmer, like the ceiling of an indoor swimming pool. There's a slight glimmer to it, like an oily surface. And... There's just these big, long tears of this weird distortion in the air of the sky, and those tears are beginning to go closer closer and closer together as you continue trekking towards the southwest. Before finally, as you're reaching midway on the second day of travel, still pushing a breakneck pace, 
the sky is beginning to become completely overtaken by this strange discoloration. And as you get past noon on the second day, you begin hearing off the distance a pump, 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 pump. You can see smoke rising in the distance. There's a slight acrid tinge in the air as you breathe. You can taste it on your tongue. And every once in a while, the four of you plus Judah and Camion will feel this slight sense of vertigo as something tugs at your belly just behind your navel. There's this lurch. Rhythmic in a way. But it's sickening at the same time. And as you're moving at this pace, I need everyone to give me perception checks at disadvantage. Yep. Cool. Damn that disadvantage. Yeah. My first roll is a 20. Yeah, same. That's <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, my perception. What's a botch get me? Oh no! A one. That's it. I'm just checking. Yeah, you perceive. You your think too hard. Fall out of your head. Uh, not again! Put those back. <sighs> what do we got? Much like the edge masons, uh, falls on his sword. <laughs> twenty-two for Sid. Uh, five minus ten is twelve. <laughs> I don't one. We're all gonna want. Sid, at about two in the afternoon, you would know that it is about right now, as you hesitantly check your pocket watch, as you begin to lose track of the sun, that the old mage would be conducting her ritual that safeguards the valley. And it is exactly as the second hand on the clock strikes the 14-hour mark that you all feel a lurching pull. And you see from a low, sludgy pool off to the right of the road something huge break the surface, exploding up out of at what you thought was a slim pool of water erupting out like a geyser and something huge and tentacular wrapping itself into the sky like some kind of writhing canonical tree. It will smash down onto the road, suddenly everyone noticing this thing as it makes a huge explosion sound, cracking the road in front of you. It will lash back and forth. It's not close enough to any of you to actually hit anything, but it's just lashing back and forth, back and forth, smashing at the ground and at the road, knocking aside trees and bits of flora, and then it will, like, shudder, and it seems like the whole tentacle will claw downward and pull, as though it's trying to pull itself up out of the pool, but then something will lurch again in all of you, and it will go back down. 
and disappear. Everyone in the that caravan stops yeah. and looks. Um, and about how high up, like, how far is this thing's reach? Looked like it could probably have reached 15, 20 feet up into the air. But like I said, after that lurching sensation fades, it is seemingly pulled back through this pool of water. Well... This is dumb, but I'm dumb. Can I go... I'm gonna go look at it. Yeah, I'm going to as well. Oh, are we all sticking our heads under the water? Hey, hey. No, we're not doing no. that. That's stupid. <laughs> Okay, I'm not coming then. Yeah, no. <laughs> Grawl and Cherish look at each other. It's like, yeah, no. No, 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 no. No, no, no. No, this is dumb. This is a dumb thing that's happening. As the two of you get close, you can see that other members of the Guardian Guilds are kind of budging up towards the front of the caravan, staring at this thing. Most of them didn't even really see what happened. They just heard a big thunderous sound. Sid, you're really the only one who got a good look at what exactly happened. And as you approach, you can see that the pool you're coming towards is exactly what you at first thought it was. It's maybe a few inches deep of standing water. Okay, that's kind of what I figured. Yeah. Is there like a stone I can like drop in it? Yeah, you picked up a piece of broken paving stone from the road and it just bloops about two inches down hits the bottom muddy silt what do you think I don't know but uh, I mean we are dealing with terroring in the material plane it's mostly just strange that it seems to... I, I mean, it... Retreated? Or something? When we... When we felt that... Whatever it is. I think we... Try and get the caravan to go around it looked like it had around a 15 foot range or reach we try and have them go around it as well as possible uh with i mean i'm willing to stand like in sentry as as the caravan passes um just in case it pops out again I mean... yeah that might be a good idea, but it seems like it's gone and she'll kind of, like, kick her foot through the that same. Yeah, and there's a little bit of viscous sludge on the top of the water that you kick aside, but the water sloshes and settles back down as water would. Yeah, I, 
we just we do that. We hurry the caravan along and kind of direct them around A around the water pool and B it seems like there's a lot of damage to the road. Will we have to go off road for this? Cart? There's not so much damage that you couldn't like roll a cart through it. Mm-hmm. It's okay. not as though this was pavement or anything. Right. As you push the caravan to the side, you don't necessarily have to go off off the road, but kind of one tire on, one tire off as you pull the caravan to the side to avoid the worst of the damage and try to keep as far away from this strange pool as possible. You stand sentry watching the water suspiciously as the carts roll past one after the other. Eyes from members of the Guardian Guilds will flick towards you. Camion standing nearby. Judah keeping sentry at a bit of a distance. You definitely see people exchanging conversations, trying to understand what happened, and apparently this is new. Oh, good. Cool. Good. Great. Eventually the caravan passes, and there is no repeat performance by the thing coming up out of the water. Pressing on through the day, there is a low buzzing sound that occurs in the later afternoon, and flying overhead, wheeling past the caravan, there is a momentary terror that grips the four of you as you see a skeletal white creature with shattering dragonfly wings, a long serrated tail, and terrible carapace-like flesh fly overhead. It will buzz in a circle around the caravan and then fly back down in the way it came to the southwest. As you recognize a creature almost identical to the one that killed Jeremiah Payne. Also mm-hmm. cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At least we know it's on our side this time. Tirza will um, spit on the ground. Kind of uncharacteristic, but it's that or be. It's that or throw a javelin at it, so. You spat on my boot. Why would you do this? <laughs> <laughs> she just kind of kicks Carrie forward okay as you push into what you know to be evening the light stops changing at a certain point just that weird viscous purples and blacks above you that oily sheen in the sky that ripples weirdly, that shimmers as though it's reflecting a light that isn't there. And it just stays at that constant dull glow as you press forward. You know you should be approaching darkness. Twilight should be playing with its faint glowing stormlights across the land, but there's none of that here. Whatever pall you've come under is 
blocking out the sky and the things that would dance up in those heavens. Stars, sun, moon. Eventually, somebody has to call a halt to the caravan. No one has any lead as to when to just stop, other than sheer exhaustion. But you'd see Camion checking a pocket watch similar to your own, Sid, before going to talk to the caravan master to call a halt. In a similar fashion to the night before, you round the wagons, pulling in maybe even a little tighter than you did before. Those missing faces from yesterday present on the minds of those around you. Before anyone's watches can even begin, it gets towards the 20th hour of the day. Another notch on your pocket watch, Sid. You feel the second hand almost vibrating through that watch. And you know that another ritual is about to begin. The old mage once again safeguarding the valley from the powers of the outer storm as they f would otherwise flood past the storm wall. And it's just as that hour begins to tick that there's another lurch that the six of you feel. And I need everyone to give me perception checks. Pretty good that time. What do we got? Uh, 23. Uh, 24. Nice. I rolled the same. Which is? 12. 12. Sorry, I said it. I must have cut out. 16. Okay. Grawl and Sid, you are immediately put on edge when this lurching begins. Casting around wildly, you see it, you feel it, before anyone else does. Off, a little ways away from the road, you see a standing pool of water, and all too nearby in the road, another pool. Off in the distance, a small pond that has become a lot larger due to the flooding. And very, very close by, in the ditch off to the side of the road, is a standing pool. And all at the same time, you see those massive, writhing tendrils exploding up. There's screaming, there is shouting. You have a moment to act. What do you do? And how close are they to... One of them is right next to the front block of carts. One of them is just behind the rear block of carts. The other two are in the distance. Um, is there anyone who looks like they're about to get whacked by this thing? There are a couple of people that are in close proximity to the one that is on the side of the road. And you don't know about the ones in the rear. Um, I guess I run to 
try and like knock people out of the way, um, shouting. Um, yeah, I'm just trying to get people. I'd rather me be there as opposed to somebody else. Okay. Give me an athletics check. You rush forward and try to shove people out of the way, but this thing comes thundering down with a terrifying speed. No random flailing this time. It is seeking, coursing, grasping in a writhing, coiling fashion. Grawl, what are you doing? Um, If it's going to come down and try and grab at people, um, I am going to attempt to cut... Uh, anything that tries to come down and grab uh, individuals. Okay. Give me an attack roll. Okay. Um, that is a dirty 20. Okay. Sid, you're not quick enough to stop what is about to happen. You can't get there in time. The tentacle comes down. It grasps around the waist of a Haven Guard member who lets out a scream and a cry, choked as this thing is squeezing the air out of him. Grawl, you rush forward and begin chopping at this thing, and your blade bounces off the tough scales of this tentacle, resistant to your attack. And this guard is dragged away, screaming, flailing, grabbing at other people, at carts. You see them being dragged back towards this puddle that's less than a foot deep. Somewhere near the rear of the caravan, there are more screams. There's a cracking and a shattering of wood being splintered. And that lurching comes again from somewhere behind your navel as these tentacles are being sucked back through these watery edifices, and you see the guard, their fingers clawing at dirt, being dragged back through with it. And there is a... Suddenly it's over. The guard is gone. And then it is quiet. All that's left is eight long drag marks of clawing fingers that disappeared into the water at the edge of this ditch. I guess we circle up. I don't know what a... There's no way we can avoid this water seems to be just coming out of any surface water, so I guess we just circle up like normal. Um, is, I mean, I know that it hasn't been been pointed out necessarily by any of the pocket watch holders or um, 
or Little Miss Keen Mind over here, but is it possible to put together the <laughs> association of, of of the times with with it happening? I don't understand why you keep calling me Little Miss Keen Mind. I don't even have it. It's, it doesn't make any sense, Tirza. <laughs> Uh, give me an investigation roll. Can I use advantage? You absolutely can. Okay. I'd like to do that. Sadigar is so much smarter than me. I love him so much. Uh, that's a natural 20. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah, there is an intonation you get from Sadagar that uh, you get this sense of the the cloak winding around like the hands of a clock, and that's when it just suddenly clicks about the timing of all of this. And thinking back, you think about the attack, the, the, the strange thing that happened yesterday. It happened at two in the afternoon. I will, um, let everyone know, and specifically Camion, I will, I mean, ask, or I guess just make them aware so that they can make the, make everyone else aware that to be ready at these times, because that seems to be when it happens. And also, maybe I have an idea, but I can't test it until next time it happens. The next time will be at 6 a.m. the following morning. Yep. So we should be ready to go, ready for an attack at 6 a.m. Camion would nod at that, but then bite their lower lip as you're having this low discussion and say how do we tell people that that's what's happening I don't know it's your weird mentor doing it um I don't I don't say that obviously but I could. I mean, there has to be some. We can't. I could make up some bullshit about Sorry, patterns. I think there Maybe. Is a it's uh, right, but like at the same time. But I mean, like, I can just make up some bullshit about calculating and when I think the next one's going to happen. So we should be prepared for it, even though we know for a fact. Judah would nod and say, perhaps that is best. Camion, you should tell her, though. And tell her what? That the thing she's doing to save the valley is making the situation down here worse? Well, not in as many words, but I think she should. Well, I only know. have 25. 
well, okay. Yeah. So <laughs> use less words. Um, but she should at least know that something's happening. I'll send the message. I mean, unless you think that she would stop doing it, because I don't think she would. That's not an option. Yeah. All right. Do you want to talk to her, or am I just sending a message? I mean, it's hard to get privacy with... Right. Conjuring I think for now we should just send a message. Yes. And they'll nod and kind of course off a little bit. Is the night, or what passes for night in this place, as your rest begins to come, as Camion sends a missive off to the old mage, as y'all begin to stare wordly at every pond, every murky, cloudy bit of water that is becoming more and more frequent as you press south. As in the distance a low rumble begins as another cavalcade of flame erupting from the infernal fortifications begins to roll a slow bass drumbeat across the plains. There is a dark patch of water not far away. That water is semi-toxic, but normal for the most part. Some flooding from farther south has caused the groundwater here to swell and bulge. But that water is dark underneath that weird oil-slick sky. Not too long ago, a writhing tentacle erupted from that dark patch of water. And even now, eyes from the caravan glance at it with suspicion and fear. Glancing at the panicked finger marks that lead into that shallow pool. A mirrored surface that is now shallow, but not an hour ago led to a dark, deep abyss where something is trying to get out. So I think that's where we're going to end tonight's episode of Material Components. Because as always... You can find us on Twitter at oh, MatcomRPG. That's spelled M-A-T-C-O-M-R-P-G. We also have an email address, which is materialcomponentsrpg at gmail.com. I always love hearing from all of our listeners. Yep. Ooh. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Elliot C. Lewis. Um, I had a clever thing I was going to say earlier, but I just plum forgot, so... Just come and like all my art and retweet it and tell me I'm doing a good job. Hey, you're doing a good job. <laughs> Elliot, you're doing a good job. Yeah. Thank you. 
Uh, you can find me on Twitter at cryoutolivia. Um, yeah, let's let's talk about the abyss, baby. Uh, come hang out. Um, and if you want to find me on Twitter and Instagram, you can find me at the Redimus. Um, yeah, and I, I, I know, I know, I messed up. I didn't spell check my work. I, I know, <laughs> I know. You don't have, you don't have to, you don't have to tell me. It's okay. I know. Mm-hmm. Um, and instead of finding me on social media, not really there. You can instead. Uh, rate and review our podcast on whatever platform you're listening to it on. We really, really appreciate it when you guys do. Um, it's always really nice to hear from our listeners. Uh, and uh, reviewing our podcast helps us out too. Uh, so please do that. And when you do, you can include the name of an NPC in the subject line of the review. And we will include that NPC in the campaign, it does not matter how stupid the name is or how great the name is. It's all going in. That's a that's a guarantee. Look, we had an ooze last game that was named Goo Boy, and that was just me flipping off the dome. So, and I'm... yeah, I mean, uh, and like... our like most favorite character is named fucking Jeffy. So, yeah. That's straight from my brain. That's gold. Okay, you can have that one for free. Um, I mean, okay. Before before we go, I do I do want to say like one quick thing. It like we really do appreciate people stopping and and writing a review. It it helps us out the most. Um, so if you if anyone could take the time to write a review, tell us what you think, and and please share the podcast with your friends because we don't do any sort of thing to like like pay for advertising or anything like that this is all just friends telling friends about the nerdy D podcast that we do so yeah tell your friends true uh, of course after all that you can find me on twitter at mk gargoni where i'm more than willing to help uh you all by playing a swift round of guess that demon prince Here's a hint. It's not Orcus. So, you know, you've got that going for you. At least. (laughs) 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 Hmm. And, of course, you can find our good, good friend Omatep Duskwalker over on Twitter at NPC underscore AN. I'm actually surprised you all skipped out of Ford Verge without giving him a visit. I wanted Uh, to. But, uh, leastways, he... Should have done it. Yeah, well, who knows. Uh, he, he might he might be uh making the rounds at a certain war camp. Who knows? Uh, again, it's not war profiteering if it's technically never declared as a war. It's a police action profiteering. All we need is a door. It's called a war. <laughs> it's a blood war. <laughs> no, this is just a uh, blood conflict or blood this skirmish. This is um, the preamble. <laughs> the blood kerfuffle. <laughs> the blood debacle. So, yes, you can, of course, find him there, because even when he is profiteering off of certain blood wars, he is, of course, an important NPC. Thank you all so much for listening. So, so much. I love doing this show, and we're getting to the real crazy, stupid, insane shit now, and I'm all here for it. Uh, 
So, thank you so much for listening. As always, the world is chaos, so please be kind to one another. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Goodbye.